The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I mustn't have been paying attention. We got to get a much longer paying attention song. Hey, what's going on? Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for uh, watching. Thank you, for everybody, for listening. What's funny about this show is I thought it was a TV show. Little did I know, right? So we come in here to these, uh, to these uh, great digs here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe above the Two Guys Smoke Shop every Thursday at 2. And I'm always doing the show as if it's a TV show because we've got great digs here, right? Like, look at the, the set. We get the set. We're promoting our advertisers in the front. We got, you know, uh, a, a great set here. And uh, come to find out, for like, talking to Dave Garofalo, that, um, you know, where we're, most, where we're most listened to and paid attention to is on the audio podcasts on iHeartRadio and iTunes. That's right. Um, and apparently our, our ratings are really good. Uh, Mike... Uh, 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 Dave sent me a, uh, a message on Facebook saying uh, one day last week that uh, what the what the numbers were. I can't remember what the X. I can never remember numbers. Um, and I was shocked. I was like, is that good? I think that's good. Is that good? He's like, no, that's great. So uh, we appreciate everybody who downloads the podcast on iHeartRadio, on iTunes. Uh, we also appreciate our sponsors. Um, um, A&B Auto in South Lawrence, go see our buddy Angelo. If somebody hits your car, you get a little ding, you want, you know, you get something on your door you want to take care of, Angelo will take care of you. Uh, we've also got Century 21, Team Zingales in Methuen is sponsoring the program. Our good buddy uh, Joe Zingales last year gave a, I think a $3,000 scholarship at our bash to a Methuen kid. Wow. Uh, to a kid, a kid from the boys club and uh, actually brought the head of like the boys club and the YMCA for the event. That was really nice. He always supports what we do. And then we've got a, um, I'm trying to remember who our third sponsor is. I remember throughout the show. But I also want to thank, before we start, Kelly's Furniture in Lawrence. Um, we, we always go to Kelly's Furniture at least once a year and see if we can get them to buy ads. And they always say, no, I thought they hated us. So I always walk out of there, or my sales girl will walk out of there thinking, you know, she's wow. Kelly, they're Kelly, he's a Duggan, they should be buying ads off us, like we're, uh, you know, we all grew up in the same neighborhood, and um, Mary Kelly called me yesterday from Kelly's Furniture and said, you know, I'm sorry we don't do any advertising with you, we just don't have an ad budget, but we know you're doing this charity bash on March 23rd, and we know that the raffle money is going to the veterans, so we want to donate a $300 power recliner to your, to your, uh, your raffle for the Valley Patriot Bash. Wow. So we want to thank them for that, because that's something, I mean, that's a great thing. We're not a nonprofit. So people who donate things to us can't write it off on their taxes. So when people give something like that, it means a whole lot more because we're not a nonprofit and they're not doing it because they're getting something from it. They're just doing it to help. So, all right. So that's, that's the beginning of the show. We're waiting on Palmerano. He's going to be a little late. Ira has the week off because he's moving. Kiana has the week off because I guess just because she has the week off. Um, and uh, we have um, Paul coming. We've got uh, uh, Rich Russell here in the studio, my photographer, waiting on security, too. I don't know what he is. But before we start with all of the, all of the political stuff, before we start with the discussions today, um, Meredith, who's also not with us, I'm not flirting with you. That's she's, not, she's not here. You so don't know how like, relieved I am to, to hear that. I mean, that's, that's good. I feel like I need to be flirting with somebody, but, but there's nobody here to flirt with. So hey. why don't we? Yeah, I can flirt with Mr. Jonathan. He's kind of cute you know, with go. that bald head. Um, 
so why don't we just get to news? Let's start with news, That's and hopefully good. by the time we're done, Paul will be here, and we can start talking about all kinds of other stuff. We've got a couple of really big stories today, too. Some to talk big, about. big stories. Yeah, really Lots big of stuff stories. going on. So, Tom, first story today that we have for you is related to that terrible news out of Florida yesterday about yeah. that mass shooting at a high school in Broward County. Uh, and so, as you probably know, authorities are reporting that there are at least 17 people who have lost their lives uh, in that mass shooting incident, and uh, numerous other people were injured. So not long after the shooting, President Trump issued a statement and uh, sent out a tweet. He was offering his condolences, and he added, quote, no child, teacher, or anyone else should ever feel unsafe in an American school. Now, not long after that, Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton was quick to respond. He said he agreed with every word President Trump said. Wait, who said that? It's, that's Congressman Seth Moulton, Wait, but... He, he said he... Okay, there's there's more more there had to be a part. There had to be a part. He knew there was more of a story. <laughs> then he added, quote, I invite him to get off his ass and join me in doing something about it. End quote. Yeah, well, Congressman Moulton's idea of doing something about it is... Taking guns away from people. That's his idea of doing something about it. Um, so I'm pretty sure that we don't want President Trump doing that. Uh, what's really sad about all this, I know you probably have more to talk about, but um, you know, every time something like this happens, I think we're just kind of used to the fact that a tragedy happens and immediately people start exploiting the bodies before they're even cold. And, every, and you got politicians out there. It took literally, it took Anderson Cooper all of five seconds last mm. night to blame Donald Trump for this. It, that's immediately what it is. Who's to blame? Right. And then who are we going to point the finger at in terms of how are we going to prevent this again? Right. The debate just rages on that. So well, what, do you, what do you think the debate is this time? Well, it's always guns, right? It's guns, right. mental health, and yep. drugs. And the, the, the real thing here is we should be talking more about drugs because we find out, you know, when you dig down six months, eight months, ten months after a tragedy like this, you find out that these shooters, almost all of them are on some kind of psycho psychological, psychotropic medications. Mm -hmm. But that never gets the front page of the New York Times, right? That never gets the front page of the Boston Globe. It gets, it gets mentioned in like the 19th paragraph six months later when they're doing some right. kind of a big story. Right. Yep. But, you know, the fact is that, first of all, what people need to understand in a free country is that your government is not there to flip and prevent anything. All right. Government's job is to respond to what people do in a free society. Otherwise, you're not a free society. You mm -hmm. know, communists and fascists and socialists and other types of governments, they have laws to restrict your free speech, to restrict your freedom of movement, your freedom to associate yep. based on what they think you might do wrong against their laws. Yep. And they can arrest you before you even do right. anything. But right? that's not us. But that's not us. So nope. can we stop with what could we have done to prevent it? In a free society, there is nothing you can fucking do to prevent somebody from choosing right now to pick up a gun, walk into a mall, and shoot people. There's, there's, we all want to feel like we're, we're in control of our society. And so it's natural human behavior to think, well, what could we have done? Let's analyze it. Maybe we could have prevented it. But that maybe is the most important word of that sentence. Right. Because there really isn't anything you can do about it. Unless somebody goes on Facebook and says, at 2 o'clock tomorrow, I'm walking into a bank and I'm robbing it and I'm shooting the teller. Other than that, there's really nothing you can do to stop it. So let's just stop pretending we can do something to stop it. Let's look at what's going on. Let's look at the dynamic of our society and start looking for things that we can do to maybe have an environment where these things aren't glorious to young people. You know, they think that they're going down in a, in a blaze of glory, that they're doing something good, and they're not. And, you know, you have a lot, a lot of kids in this country growing up with no dads, and you have a lot of kids growing up with dads that suck. 
And so my, I think the first thing we can do if we want to prevent these kind of things, if you're a dad, be a dad to your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, be around. Show up. Live up to it. Do things with them. Yep. And don't be their best friend. You know, you're their parent. You're not their friend. They have friends. They're friends of their age. Right. And your job is not to make them happy and be their friend. Every time I hear a guy say, oh, yeah, my kid's my best friend, I'm like, well, then you're, you must be a horrible father. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want my daughter to be my best friend. I don't, I don't, I don't restrict what my best friends do. They're, they're my friends. My right. daughter's my daughter. Yep. So, yep. Anyways. Yep. Well, uh, thoughts and prayers to the people of Florida on that tragedy for yesterday. Uh, thoughts with the first responders who are still dealing with that situation down there. And I guess we'll have to see what Congress does in terms of a response and debate. I think we're going to probably be talking about it for a long time to come. Yeah, you, you know, there is one thing we can do yep. if we want to at least try to prevent stuff like What's this. That? Uh, where was the police officer in that school? Uh, you know, I heard that supposedly in Broward County, it's standard that they have a couple of cops at every school. Yeah, but I heard so, there was no cops in that school. I don't know. So don't know. if you have a cop in the school, if you have teachers that are armed, I know now all the, every, every liberal listening just drove off the road, right? <laughs> oh, you're going to arm teachers. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Here we, we go. Want, yes, we want to arm teachers. Yeah. Because when someone walks into a school and that teacher's in charge of protecting the 30 kids standing in front of them, someone walks in with a gun. It would be nice if you had somebody shooting back. And, you know, the argument against that is, well, you don't want it to be the Wild West. Newsflash, it's the fucking Wild West now. Turn on your TV right now while you're listening to the show and look at what you see. It's the Wild West. But it's the criminals that have all the weapons. Mm -hmm. The good guys don't have anything to protect themselves. I carry a weapon. I carry a, a Springfield 9 XDS. It's my favorite gun that I've ever fired. It's light. I always have it on me. I take it with me everywhere. Yep. I take it with There's nowhere. And if I go somewhere like a nightclub or something and they're patting people down, I don't go in. Mm-hmm. Because anybody can sneak in a back door and they've yep. got an entire room of people that are fish in a barrel that can't defend themselves. Guns are about defending yourself, and very few people take a gun and go and do what this clown did yesterday. But I bet you if you had two armed cops in that building, fewer kids would be dead, and maybe the suspect would be dead, instead of now we're going to pay for him to have three meals a day and heat and cable, and he's going to get time at the weight yard, and he'll probably have a million girls sending him letters saying how much they love him, like all these other nutcase mass murderers. The guy should be dead. I wish they'd taken him out. But I do want to talk about one thing that you brought up, and that's yeah. the first responders, Fred. Yep. I don't think people realize that these first responders are human beings. And you take a 25, 26, 28-year-old kid who just got out of the police academy, mm-hmm. you send him into a grammar school or a high school that, where there was just a shooting, he's looking at people that are almost his age. And they, they've got to go through that school and still do their job, even though they're stepping over the bodies of 13 and 14 Can you imagine that? Kids. Can you imagine being in that position and having that, that stress and yeah. that, that trauma? I mean, yeah. that's, that's unreal. And then you go home and your wife's yelling at you because you didn't take the garbage out or something. And, you know, you, these are serious things that our law enforcement has to deal with. Yep. And most people don't ever think about that. So I just I want to point that out, that you've got law enforcement officers from multiple agencies that went in there. Absolutely. And, and had to see that. Right. And that takes a toll on them. It certainly, certainly does because I know at least two cops right now that had to take someone's life. Yep. And they're having a hard time with it, even though they've been cleared and the shooting was good. They had yeah. to shoot the guy. They had no choice. Yep. They're still having a hard time with it because they took someone's life. Right. So, right. anyways. Well, Tom, we talk about Congress a lot. And uh, 
now we're going to have some news about the race to replace one congressman from Massachusetts, and that's uh, Congressman Nikki Songus. This is getting the third congressional district. A lot of stuff going on. This is getting real dirty, real fast. Well, because I've got something to add. I've got something to add to your report. Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing that. But first, so this week, congressional candidate Dan Coe. He's one of the Democratic candidates. We're going to try and get him on the show. We want Dan Coe on the show. We want you on. Definitely. So he received the endorsement of former U.S. Senator Russ Feingold. So Feingold represented Wisconsin in the U.S. Senate from 1993 to 2011, and he's considered to be a leading advocate for campaign finance reform, which is an issue that Coe's been talking about on the campaign trail. And uh, the former senator's political action committee, Legit PAC, or Legit PAC, I don't know how you say that, but I think Legit PAC, also threw its weight behind Coe. Now, meanwhile, Coe's fellow Democratic candidate, State Representative Juana Matias, has announced a series of endorsements of her own, uh, some of them from elected officials on Beacon Hill, in addition to Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera and State Representative Frank Moran. Meanwhile, State Senator Barbara Latalian, who's also running for the seat. She was supposed to be our guest today, but she never confirmed. Well, maybe she'll be back on the show. Maybe she That'd will. That'd be great. We'd love to have her. So she's been endorsed by Mass Nurses Association and by firefighters, excuse me, firefighters unions in Andover and in Lawrence. So, Tom, you've been following this race. What do you think yeah. about all that? And what's this news you're talking about? Well, okay. What so I miss? I, so I've, what got I miss? Some, I've got some additional news for you. There's, okay. There's um, uh, one of the candidates, Lori Trahan. Yep. I think she's out of Lowell, if I'm remembering that right. That sounds right. Um, I actually got a chance to meet her a little bit at Jessica Finn. Carlos fundraiser a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a letter going around to all of the Democrat city committees mm-hmm. with a copy of the uh, Office of Campaign Finance report from Ms. Trahan from several years ago making a financial donation to... Charlie Baker. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. this is breaking news because nobody's talking about this, and I haven't seen it in any newspaper. So if you're watching the show or listening to the show, all five of you, you just got something nobody else has because this is going to be very big news in the next couple of days because I'm breaking it today mm. on the Valley Patriot website, and then you know the Globe's going to grab it immediately. You yep. know the progressives are going to flip out. Yep. Um, it, was, it was a race where Charlie was running for, and I don't think it was the governor's race, mm-hmm. or it might have been in a primary. He had no opponent. Wow. And the progressives are sending letters is out to all the city committee saying she's no, she's a fake progressive. She's not a real progressive. Oh, wow. um, she's not really a liberal. She's mm-hmm. a dino, Democrat in name only. She supported the evil Charlie Baker. He's a Nazi because he's got an R next to his name. And there's an awful lot of um, there's an awful lot of anger right now over Laurie Trahan's check that she wrote to Charlie Baker. Well, so. and bad time for that too because a lot of those Democrats they're meeting in caucuses right now for the convention, isn't yeah, that right? right. So that, you know, a lot of them talking, a lot of those meetings. Yeah. So news travels fast. So as far as the other candidates, you know, when Juana Matias, she's like 12 years old, right? She, she's never held office before. She ran for state rep against Marcos Devers in a primary. Mm-hmm. She beat him in a primary because it was a primary and everyone thought Marcos was going to win, so they stayed home. Right. And so she won. So she's in the first year of her first term as a state representative, and she's like 12. I say 12 because I'm, I'm an old man. To me, she's 12. She's probably like 25, 30 years old baby. Um, I, I bet you she's not even 30. Um, oh, she is 30? She's 30, okay. Um, to me, that's 12, right? So um, when she first announced, I said she has zero chance of winning. Mm-hmm. First of all, you need to raise $2 million easily if you want to be competitive easily. in that A race. lot of money, yep. I don't think she can raise that. But boy, I'll tell you, everywhere I go, and when I go to all these political events, and you've got all the congressional candidates there, and I just yeah. talk to the regular people that are in attendance, right. 
she she seems to be their favorite candidate. Where all the buzz is around yeah, her. The yeah, the buzz is about yeah. her. Yeah. And I think it's because, A, she's Latino, she's a female, and she's for sanctuary cities and letting all the, you know, let every illegal alien come here. Let's make them all citizens. Let's give them all free stuff. Let's give them free housing. Let's mm-hmm. give them welfare. And that's who votes in Democrat primaries. So talk about that for a minute. I mean, do you think we're really seeing a shift in the Democratic Party here in the state to even more progressive yes. candidates? Yes. Donald Trump has made Massachusetts run further to the left. Yeah. And the progressives are much louder, and they're much more active, and they're donating a lot more money. Yeah. And they're much more hateful. Like, they're really going after And it's just, it's the reason I left, I left the Republican Party. They circle the wagons and they shoot in. They're more concerned with who's a rhino. You know, what Republican amongst us didn't vote 100% of the time with what we wanted and attacking them rather than attacking the other side for being 100% wrong? Right. And the Democrats, the progressives especially, do the same thing. They're so filled with hate for Donald Trump. They're so filled with hate for anyone that doesn't agree with them on every issue that they circle the wagons and shoot in, too. Mm-hmm. So I think, th- I think they're going to go after Lori Trahan very hard in the next couple of days. Remember yeah. where you heard it first. Uh, and, but I think one has got a shot because you've got all these people out there who think that America is just fa- the rest of the world. Yep. You know, they buy into this, we're all immigrants. Guess what? We're not all immigrants. Mm-hmm. Okay, immigrant actually means something. It's when, you come, it's when you come here from somewhere. Right. My ancestors came here nine generations ago. I'm an American. This is my country. Mm-hmm. You're an American. You were born here. This is your country. And it doesn't belong to the rest of the world. America's a boat that's got 50 people in it. There's 400 people trying to climb in. What happens if they succeed? Boat sinks. And so we can't have everyone in the world coming here. Wanda thinks that's the way to go. The Democrats agree with her. I, I, I'm going to upgrade her shot from 0% to like maybe 20. And we'll given, see. given you got 13 people in the race, that's pretty good. We'll see. And she's raising money. So she she's is getting toward money. that goal. Yep. So we'll see what happens. So while we're on the subject of politics, um, Lowell Sun is reporting, and I think maybe some other outlets are reporting too, State Senator Barry Feingold is thinking about waging a campaign to regain his seat in the State Senate that's currently held by... Uh, Barbara Italian, who's right. running for Congress. And we there talked about that on our first show five, six weeks ago. We so, that so no announcement has been made, mm-hmm. um, but supposedly he's thinking about running. It's creating quite a buzz in Merrimack Valley politics. He is definitely running. You think so? And I can tell you how I know. Okay. The day that Jeff Riley resigned as the superintendent in Lawrence, yep. I walked into the South Lawrence East School Library where the event was supposed to take place, and the first person I saw was Barry. Mm-hmm. And I said, Barry, I haven't seen you since the last time you were on the ballot. What are you <laughs> running for? And he didn't say, I'm not running for anything. Uh-huh, I'm, j- uh-huh. I'm just here to watch this event. Right. He laughed and went, we, we can talk about that later. Oh, there so you go. So I know for a fact he's running. You're a politician. Know, right, That's a sign. Right, That's it. Because I know, pa- I know Barry. Yeah. And you know what? If he runs, everybody else in the race, just stay home. Yep. Like, don't even bother. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your family's time. Don't take time away from your work. Don't borrow money to run. Right. Barry's got more money than God. His wife's got even more money than that. And he is the the golden-haired child of that district. Mm -hmm. This was his seat once before. He's going to take it back. Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, so uh, enough about politics for a minute, right? I think you'll get back to that later in the show. Sure. You get some more to talk about with that. But let's talk about uh, some local events that were happening this week. We started in Methuen, where the police department is actively seeking two suspects allegedly involved in a home inv- invasion on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so on Tuesday the 13th at approximately 11.28 a.m., Methuen police responded to a residence on Ruskin Avenue for a report of a home invasion. The calling party stated that two men forced their way into her apartment and held her against her will in the bedroom 
firing before fleeing the scene in an unknown direction. Victor reported that one of the suspects was carrying a long gun. Nothing's been reported missing at this time, but Mass State Police and Methuen Canine Units responded to the scene to assist uh, locating the suspects. And as far as we know, they're still at large. Yep. Methuen, so. Methuen's looking for a couple of people. I think they got a bank robber that they're looking for, too. Yep. Uh, the Methuen Police Department is an extremely professional department. There's no question in my mind that they're going to end up finding this guy. I think they will. Um, so. But you, you're starting to see a lot more home invasions. You're starting to see a lot more pistol whipping. Mm-hmm. Um, you're starting to see a lot. And it's all drug-related. Yep. And it's all spilling over from Lawrence. Yep. And people can say you dump on Lawrence, you dump on Lawrence. Listen, Lawrence has earned it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, look at what's going on in Lawrence just today. We've got three different outside law enforcement agents right now while we're on the air mm-hmm. doing raids in Lawrence. They called me this morning. I'm like, I got a TV, I got a show I have to do. I can't be there, but I'll, I'll be there after the show. And, um, you know, those guys come into Lawrence, and th- you could send 10 agencies into Lawrence. They could work every neighborhood 24-7 for the next six months and still not get everybody that they need to get. Mm. Um, Methuen is, is having a, 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 while Lawrence's, uh, violence is going down. It went down 40% the last 30 to 60 days. Methuen's is going up. And we heard Alan DeNaro here, the chief of Haver, when he was on our first show uh, back in December, I think it was the last week of December, say that, yeah, when things get hot in Lawrence, they all come to Haverhill. They go to the surrounding communities, and that's where they go, and that's where they're selling their drugs, and that's where they're committing their violence. And then when it gets hot in Haverhill, they go back to Lawrence. Um, I don't know how you stop that unless you have some kind of a regional interdiction team where they can hit Lawrence and Haverhill at the same time, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel bad for the people of Methuen that live in those neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and I f- definitely feel bad for the law enforcement officers in Methuen who aren't used to seeing this kind of stuff and they're yeah. starting to see it more and it's more. It's getting really rough. Yeah. Well, we got two success stories in the, in the region. I love good about. news. We I love, love good news. news. Yep. And this is all uh, regarding the war on opioids. Uh, and so we go to the um, where the Troop A Community Action Team of the Mass State Police was out in full force in Lawrence this week. And they were netting a large quantity of heroin in two separate arrests. So the I, first I read case, that somewhere. Yeah, I think this was ripped out of the pages of the Valley Patriot, Excellent. actually. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Free so plug. In the first case, the, well, that's where all the news is, right? right. That's the tr- news of record is Val- all on the Valley Patriot. Valleypatriot.com is where you get all this stuff. That's where I get my news. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear that. In the first case, the arrest of an unlicensed motor vehicle operator resulted in the discovery of approximately 130 grams of a substance that was believed to be either heroin or fentanyl and approximately 12 grams of a substance believed to be cocaine. Now, in a separate incident later that evening, uh, there was a motor vehicle stop that resulted in an arrest of an operator for a forged driver's license. In that case, further investigation of that vehicle revealed approximately 500 grams of a substance that was believed to be heroin. So both those subjects were ordered, uh, held on $100,000 cash bail each, and they were scheduled to be arraigned this week. So some good news. Yeah, it's great news. I love the CAT guys, the community, what's called the community action team? Yep, CAT, yep. So what the Mass State Police did is they put together this elite unit of guys, and they send them into places like Lawrence. Right. And we know, uh, anybody who knows Lawrence, Enforcement. I know a lot of people don't, so I'll just, I'll just, I'll just tell you what I know. So uh, we, we know, those of us who know about law enforcement know that, you know, when they go into a community, um, the best way to get the big guys is to go after the little crimes. Right. You're pulling people over for running a stop sign. You're pulling people over for having a tail light out, and you find heroin in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Or you find that, you know, they've got a gun, and they're on their way to go do something bad. And liberals and Democrats are always, like, really unhappy about that kind of stuff because they always like to protect criminals. And, you know, they're always out there trying to stop the cops from doing that kind of mm-hmm. that, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Why don't you focus on the big stuff? 
but that leads you to the big stuff. Right. And so these guys come into Lawrence and they go after the small stuff while the undercover units are doing raids and, and things like that, but yep. they do it at the same time. Right. So if someone flees a raid, you've got the cat team somewhere in that neighborhood that yep. is going to have no problem pulling them over a block or two away. Right. And we've seen it. We've done it live on Facebook. Absolutely. And it's great. And you know what? These kids, they just graduated like, I don't know, Rich, do you know how many guys they just graduated from the Mass State Police Academy? It was like 300 guys yeah, or something quite a like bit, that. Right? Yeah. Well, they, they took like a third of those guys and assigned them to Lawrence. Really? And said, you're going to cut your teeth in Lawrence. Because if you can do it in Lawrence, you can, you can go, do it any, anywhere. go anywhere in the country. Go you anywhere. Can do, you can you do policing, it. no yep. question about it. That's great. Well, that's a lot of drugs off the streets, and that's yep. some two guys off the streets who are... The, you know, the, the real problem... problem. That, I'm, I, I talk to the state police guys all the time, yeah. and we're going to give an award to them at our charity bash this Good. year. They deserve it. They do deserve it. Um, but, you know, the, 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 they, they always... They're not shy about telling us what their deficiencies are. Mm -hmm. Like they always like to try and, and, and chat with us about like how how the politicians could make things better because they know I talked to a lot of politicians. Yep. And I was talking to a couple of guys yesterday or last night while I was out, out on the road, and they were telling us, you know, two of the pro two of the biggest problems that they're having with finding especially fentanyl dealers is yep. the first is that they can't train drug dogs to smell fentanyl because it's so dangerous. The oh, dogs really? would, dogs would drop in dead. Wow. So even just a tiny, tiny little bit of amount, even like a, a, a kilogram can, can kill a dog. Wow. So they can't train the dog. So when they pull over a car and they think it's fentanyl, they yep. can't test it because the, the cop could die, right. right? Yeah. So they find something. It might be fentanyl. It might not be fentanyl. But they've got to really rip those cars apart. I mean, yeah. I've seen them on School Street pull up in the... Uh, pull open the, the hood of a car and stop pulling out the air filters and everything else yep. trying to find stuff. Yep. And e because you can't have a dog, right? right? You can't have the dog walk around the car and say, yeah, there's something here because they can't train the dogs. Wow. I mean, that's, it's, it's a huge it's incredible. problem. The other problem that they're having is they said with the drug dogs is that now that marijuana is legal in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. most of the older drug dogs were trained to smell marijuana. Yep. So if there's fentanyl in the car, They'd pull the car over, the dog would flip out because he's smelling the marijuana mm -hmm. because everybody was smoking marijuana in the car before they got pulled over, right? Mm. But that's not illegal unless you're the driver. Yep. And the dog doesn't smell any of the heroin oh, or wow. any of the coke or anything else. So huh. now they have to have a whole new breed of drug dogs for the Mass State Police and the Essex County Sheriffs and mm -hmm. all the other departments because because of the, the, the strength of the fentanyl and the car fentanyl is literally killing people. That's and amazing. It really is. Wow. So what do they do about that? I mean, is, is that a money issue? Or is that a, just a resources issue? You know, you got to train the dog or what? I, I don't, I, I asked the guys last night, like, well, what's the solution? They don't yeah. know. Yeah. They don't know. They, they have no idea how they can train a dog to smell fentanyl without killing the dog during the wow. training. Wow. Because it's, it's, it's just that potent. You need a so. robot or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's got to be some way to do something. it. And I'm sure that the geniuses that run our Mass State Police, I don't say that sarcastically, nope. they are, they are nope. geniuses. They're heroes. Uh, yeah. I, I think they'll, they'll come up with something. Yep. You know, yep. But in the meantime, a lot of these fentanyl guys are getting away because you just can't test it. Well, in this case, we got two cases, actually, Excellent. where they did not get away, and every one of those is a good success story. Love it. So, Tom, that wraps up your news. I can't. Paul's not here yet. Uh-oh. What can we talk did, about? Didn't you have something on Elizabeth Warren? Well, you know, it was interesting. Recently, so um, she made some comments about her heritage. Uh, she did not. She did. She actually did. She was speaking uh, to Talk about being too stupid to be on your own side. So she essentially, if I'm not mistaken, she, uh, she was speaking about her Native American heritage, and she confirmed her ancestry uh, of Native American roots, um, but denied being a member of a uh, Native American tribe based on that. She made a distinction between those two so things. So she's, she's claiming she's an Indian, but she can't tell us what kind of Indian. 
Well, she's, she's not a member of a tribe. She says that's, that's a different thing. But in terms of ancestry, in terms of, you know, family history, confirms that and spoke a lot about it and also um, urged people to, to advocate for issues that are in favor of Native Americans and help the Native American community. Very smart. She's, thing, she's so. very smart. She's steering into the skid. I always, I always, I always. Steering uh, into the skid. There you go. I wow. always advise my, whenever, whenever a candidate calls me and says I need some advice and it's something like this, I'm yep. like, you know what? Embrace it. Right. Yep. If it's kicking the crap out of you, yep. no matter what you say, you can't get away from it. Embrace it. But so why? Where's so the skid? I mean, it, right? why now? What's what's all this about? Well, because she's got uh, some competition this year. She's on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's got she's going to face either Jeff Deal or uh, Mr. Kingston or Mr. Shiva, who I don't think has as much of a chance as maybe one of the other two. But let's face it. No one's going to beat Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts. It's, it's a communist state. She's a communist. They love that she's a communist. And she comes out and she says things. I mean, basically, she cares more about the citizens of other countries than she does the citizens that are here voting for her. And those citizens don't care. So I don't see anybody beating Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts. I guess I could be wrong. I've I've been wrong before, not often, but I have. Um, But God, to get up and start talking about your Indian heritage. You say she confirmed it. How did she confirm it? With just words? Did she, like, pull out a DNA, you know, ancestry DNA? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know. I think you've talked a lot about it. If you're going to do that, Elizabeth Warren, what you ought to do, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, look, I would never vote for her, okay? But I don't dislike her as a person. I'm, I'm not one of these people that's a hater. But if you're going to do that, if you're going to come out and you're going to talk about your, your ancestral heritage, your Indian heritage, when it's been called this much into question publicly, why not show up with ancestry DNA and say, okay, here it is. Here's the proof I'm Indian. Saying it with words doesn't mean shit to me. I mean, people say stuff all the time. People say, I'm going to vote for this, and they vote for the opposite thing. They say, I like that candidate, and then they vote for somebody else. So don't, don't stand at a microphone and tell us you're an Indian. Ancestry DNA is like $39.99 or whatever it is. Send it in. Get, get your DNA. Show us that you're an Indian, and I'll be the first one to say the Republicans were wrong for, for, for questioning you and doubting you. Absent that, I'm with them. I mean, where's your proof? I, quite frankly, Fred, I have a big problem with this whole Pocahontas thing anyway. Can we digress a little bit? Sure. All right. I don't think it ever should have been an issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Republicans ever should have used it in the last election. I cringe every time the president calls her Pocahontas. I cringe every time a Republican Tea Party member comes on my Facebook page and calls her Pocahontas because she's a communist. And she wants to take away our rights. She wants to take our free speech rights away. She wants to discriminate against people based on how much money they make. She contradicts, her actions contradict everything she says she believes in. Talk about that. Talking about Pocahontas makes it an issue about something that doesn't affect anybody's lives and might be even defensible on her end somewhere down the line. She could show up with an ancestry DNA five months from now and go, aha, here it is, right? And then where did that get anybody on the other side? So I always, I always cringe when I hear the Pocahontas stuff because it is a valid issue, or it was a few years ago, because she's the whitest white person on the face of the earth claiming minority status to get into Harvard. And then she lectures the rest of us about race. That's why it's relevant, but it's certainly not relevant five years later. It's certainly not, and you're calling her Pocahontas everywhere you go. It distracts from how dangerous she is in the Senate. I think they should be concentrating on the issues. That's just me. 
Well, it, since this is your show and your views, that's a good thing to talk about. What do you so. think? What do you think, Fred? You're a news guy. Uh, uh, just the news here. Right. Just that, the news. that was the right just answer. The that was the Absolute right answer. Straight news. I love Opinions it. Opinions are Tom Duggan and Tom Duggan alone. Why isn't my girl Meredith here? Uh, not feeling well today. I, I did not tell her that being sick was ever an excuse to not be here to entertain me. I know. Me. I know. I'm trying to do my best. but Even I, if she just know. came and sat in the audience for, so I could look at her? Because, like, I need, I need something Sorry. the show. Sorry. Maddie's right. not here. There's Keanu's only so much I can do. Here. You know, I try. The I real issue is that his back is to the producer. He can't see me. At least that would be something. That, right. Right. that, that would something. be something. That would that be right. something. I mean, I could yeah. flip with Sean the barista, but he might like it. So I don't know. Uh, Sean the barista. He said he would like it. <laughs> uh, how about, a, uh, how about uh, my, my special coffee there, Sean, if you don't mind? I'll even throw. I'll, I'll even pay for it. It's on the way. The coffee's free here, right? Isn't the coffee free? Right? Something I, like that. I, always, I don't know. I coffee's like, good here. We could say that. Coffee. Everybody keeps saying it's on Tom. I don't know what that means. Oh God, I probably <laughs> Tom. Tom will tell us. I got a tap yeah. in the back for three hundred bucks. There you go. Unbelievable. So, you have anything else at all? Because otherwise, we have to take a break, and they're going to come back without Paul. I have. Oh, uh, I have one ca- thought on uh, everybody that's screaming gun control after gun violence. Yes, yeah. Mr. Jonathan. What about the unintended consequences of not being able to stop someone from going into just about any hardware store and building themselves a pipe bomb that would cause much more damage right. than a handgun or a rifle or even if you had a, a, an AK-47 looking assault rifle type thing. As fast as you can pull the trigger, you can shoot the bullets. At sure. the very least, that's one person at a time as opposed to launching a bomb into a crowd of, a crowd of people. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we live in a free society, right? And this is what CNN doesn't get and this is what the Democrats don't get. We live in a free-flipping society. So you're not going to be able to outlaw all fertilizer, right? The guy that blew up the Murrah building? That's right. The, the only white guy that ever committed terrorism in America that the liberals love to talk about every single time the Muslims come up? Um, the, the guy went and he bought fertilizer. He blew up a federal building. You can't, we, we're in a free country. I mean, the Democrats seem to think that the solution is don't be a free country, right? Let's take people's guns. Let's have more restrictive government. But look at the government. Look at the government. We had this mass shooting, Fred, in, in Los Angeles. What was it now? Two months ago? Uh, at Las Vegas. I'm sorry. Yeah. What, did I, what did I say? Well, yeah, Las, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, shooters, right? Yeah. And, and do we know anything more now? about that shooter and why he did what he did and what he did or even what happened in that room here two months later. We don't know a very damn, quiet. We don't know a damn thing. Very they've, quiet. They've, yeah. The casino has bought off law enforcement agents and you know I'm pro-law enforcement so I don't rip law enforcement unless they deserve it. But they bought off law enforcement agents in Las Vegas. They probably bought off law enforcement agents at the federal level and they have, they have completely whitewashed this entire thing. Mm-hmm. And when you've got that kind of corruption going on, it just breeds more mass shootings. So when CNN and the Democrats get together after a mass shooting and start talking about taking people's guns and making the country less free to make it more safe, I just say, well, aren't you the people that say that those who would sacrifice freedom for liberty deserve neither? Mm-hmm. Aren't you the guys that say that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the Democrats that say that. So why is it every time there's a mass shooting, your first go-to is to take away our freedom? Because, again, two cops in that building might have taken the guy out. You might have one victim of three instead of 17. Mm-hmm. Look at um, my, my favorite example on this is uh, Colin Ferguson. I don't know if you remember in the late 90s, uh, Colin Ferguson stepped onto a subway platform in, Lo- in Long Island and uh, like randomly shot like 29 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, New York 
has the strictest gun laws very pretty strict. much in the yep. country. Very strict. Not one person had a gun to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. If one person on that train had a gun to defend themselves, they could have plugged him after the third or fourth shot. Right. And instead of having 29 people dead, you'd have three dead, maybe four with the suspect. Yep. Instead, the guy shot 20. The guy, the guy shot to leave out of bullets. Yep. So any anywhere you see this is a gun-free zone. I go to the movies very seldom, but when I do, there's always a thing that says, you know, no guns allowed. This is a gun-free zone. F you. F you. I'm bringing my gun. When I go to the post office, I bring my gun. If I have to go to a school for some kind of a, some kind of a school event that I'm covering, oh, this is a gun-free zone. You can't. Screw you because I'm fishing a barrel. And I'm sitting with a bunch of kids, and that's a big target. Oh, Sean the barista. Thank there you, you Sean. I, I, I would flirt with you because <laughs> Meredith's not here, but you look fabulous today. I love the purple hair. It's just delicious. <laughs> He's in hysterics out there. Oh, my God. That really literally is the best coffee I've ever tasted in my life. So, all right, do you have anything else for us, Fred? That's uh, it. That's uh, it why don't you tell people who you are and why you're here? Uh, well, I am one half of Lyric Consulting and Lyric Properties. We separately offer communications and marketing services for small businesses, including the Valley Patriot and we Mr. Tom Duggan. So if you need to book Tom Duggan for a speaking engagement or to come talk to your group or do some educational work, anything like that, or if you're interested in advertising here on the Paying Attention podcast here at the Studio 21 Cafe, Please give us a call. We know exactly where to find them. Give them the number. And so call me at 978-494-4450. Give it again because for the audio people. Absolutely. 978-494-4450 or look us up at lyricconsulting.com. All right. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Paul Marano is here. I have got the best... Do we have audio and video or just audio? I've got audio. We have the best audio. You guys are going to laugh your friggin' asses off when we play this. Yesterday in Hillsborough County Superior Court, there was a First Amendment trial, Acadia versus Michael Demers. And at the beginning, they had to stop the trial to talk about somebody who wasn't even in the room. Me! Back after this on Paying Attention!
What? Have you tried his coffee? No. That's really good. Yeah. Well, we're back. We're good. We're, we're done. Back, huh? All right. So. Very good. Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you're watching us on the podcast, Paying Attention Podcast YouTube channel, which nobody does. Um, but we do have a lot of people who listen to the audio of this on iHeartRadio and iTunes. We appreciate that. Also, um, uh, you got Podbean as, a, uh, as the hosting service. Okay, I don't know what that is. Tell me what that Podbean is. Podbean is an app for people that don't have iPhones. If you just have an Android or a Google phone, you download the Podbean app, and that's how you can get your uh, Paying Attention podcast. Podbean. I'm going to write that down. B-E-A-N. Excellent. All right. are, so, you, are you just a voice for everybody right now that's watching? Does anybody, does anybody know where that voice is coming from? Yes, that's uh, Mr. Jonathan. The, our voice, of the voice, voice of God. The voice of God. Wait a minute. We, had a, we have a voice of God. That was Mike. Remember Mike? Uh, yes, I do. Yes. We, used to have a, we used to have a, Jonathan, we used to have an old radio producer. He was a really big guy, like, uh, like big like Joe Ligotti. And he used to come in, and I'd say, hey, Mike, we're talking about this abortion thing. What do you think about it? And he'd be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess it's all right. Like he sounded, he sounded like he had the voice of God. I didn't do a good impression. Uh, that's that. awesome. It's certainly, um, but you can be the voice of God now if you want. I guess I am because we don't have Mike anymore. So that's okay. You, that can be you. So Paul Morano, my co-host, is here, and I have to tell you that the reviews, Stop. the reviews are in. About what? About you. Yeah. By the way, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, okay, you good. have to have it closer to your mouth, though. Oh, I'm, okay, so what are Excellent. these so-called reviews, Tom? So, you know, I get tons of email from people who hate me, and I read usually every single one of them because I love hate mail. And the reason why you had me on in the first place is because you got hate mail about me. That's right. Okay. Somebody randomly found a radio show of you okay. and me talking, and they spent a paragraph hating on me <laughs> and six paragraphs hating on you. I said, yep, that's what we got to get Paul back. Uh, so the reviews are in, and I have to tell you that the people who like um, the show and yeah. the people who hate the show are all unanimous in you being a part of the show. Oh, really? Yeah, they like you being what are, here. What are they nuts? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the people, the, the haters hate you, but okay. but they but they also listened longer. Like the other people, I sent things uh, back. Like, How long did you listen to the show? What part did you tune out? What you know? What made you not want to listen anymore? Because I'm always I'm always looking to. T- Tune the show up and try and make it better so people listen yeah, more. Sure. And um, and and the people who hate you listened longer. I didn't think I added all that much, but uh, thank you, haters. Quite frankly, neither did I. <laughs> so, that's the that's the uh, Howard Stern effect. The mm-hmm. people that love them, it's their yeah. morning drive, and that's it. But the people that hate them, put them on at work and go the full four hours. Right, right. I, I, yeah, that's okay. right. So uh, I know my daughter really hates you, which is great. Okay. Because well, most of our fights are about you, which is right. awesome because they're not about yeah. like... I've like never a- even met you before, <laughs> and I'm starting to hate you. <laughs> Well, you started off, you were late to the show. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I, that's Paul. Worth, that, that's worth hating me for. Right? Everything in the universe happened this morning to, to keep me from the show. Listen, today was my, uh, today was the biggest nightmare day that I've had probably in my month. All right. Month. That makes two of us. So uh, everything that, every electronic thing that I own is not working right. So um, anyways. But so this guy sitting, if you're watching on, uh, on the podcast, if you're w- physically watching on the YouTube, uh, the guy sitting next to me who looks like Satan, um, and he really does look like Satan, which is awesome because he's like totally the opposite. Uh, Paul Morano is uh, is here, and you have a show on uh, the radio WCAP called Beneath the Surface. As a matter of fact, I do. 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Monday nights, we go beneath the surface on a very interesting topic of, uh, usually of my guest's choice, mm-hmm. but yes, 10 to 11, uh, 980 a.m. WCAP. Excellent. So we've got our, uh, the first story I want to talk about today, Paul. It's really unbelievable. If I, If I didn't have video to prove it, and I just came in here and talked about this. 
I'm pretty sure most people listening would not believe it. They'd believe something happened that I was kind of close to what happened, but then I'm exaggerating. Right. So we brought in video and audio. We're going to play the audio in a second, and we're going to stop it and chat throughout it. So we had Mike Demers here. Was it last week or the week before? Last week. And... Um, Mike has been on the show a couple of times prior. He's involved in a First Amendment case. Um, the short of it is uh, Mr. Demers um, sued Hafner's oil company and Acadia Insurance, who represents them, because Hafner's overfilled his mom's oil tank and pumped 250 gallons of oil into her basement. Mm. And then, uh, according to Mr. Demers, the insurance people showed up and the it's, environmental it's people over, showed right? up. Yeah, it spilled, it spilled over. It went over. everywhere. went everywhere. It, it went not just into the, into the basement, but it leached into the ground, into the water tables. Right. There's a stream nearby, um, and, it, and it's caused all kinds of envi- environmental damage. By the way, as a side note, not one environmental organization that we called was interested in even looking into this situation. So all the people that run around with their flipping signs about stop global warming as if that's going to stop glo- like global warming is going to go, oh, they're holding mm-hmm. signs. I'm not going to be around anymore. Um, they had no interest whatsoever in this issue. Okay. None. Um, the long and the short of it is he sued them because they promised him, according to him, that they were going to make it right, that they were going to put the Demers family back to where they were before the oil spill happened, and that their property wasn't going to smell like oil forever, et cetera, et cetera. And it didn't happen, long and the short of it. And they didn't. Yeah. So Mr. Demers sued them, and he lost. Hmm. Part of the reason he lost is that Acadia's got multi-million dollar attorneys to represent them, and they know every legal trick in the book. Uh, the other part is Mr. Demers couldn't afford an attorney, so he represented himself. Hmm. And so it didn't go well for him, and he lost. Do we know uh, the, the actual reason stated as to why he lost? You know, I actually have the court documents at my office. Right. I just can't remember what okay. it said. Right. But it, it, was, it was basically that Mr. Demers had to prove beyond, you know, a preponderance of the evidence of what their legal duty was. He just didn't okay. do it. All right. So after all that was over, Mr. Demers started a boycott campaign for Acadia and Hafner's. And his position is this. I know legally... We lost in court. There's nothing we can do. The judge says they're not legally responsible for cleaning this up. But morally, these people came to my house and looked at my elderly 80-something-year-old mother in the, in the eye and promised her they were going to make it right. Yeah. And I think they should keep that promise. Morally, I think they should keep that promise. So until they keep that promise, I'm doing a boycott campaign of the Hafner's Oil Company and the Acadia Insurance Company that promised my mom that they were going to make it right. Now, he has no um, documentation or any other evidence that they promised to make it right. Does he? Or does not, he? not only does he have documentation, he's got video. Okay, he's got video. Because when, when the they started thing. showing up at his mom's house yeah. to assess the damage, he pulled out a video camera and started videotaping every, every single visit and documented every single visit and documented what they said to him, what mm. they said to his mother. Um, and so his, his position is... They've made a promise. They're not keeping it. I think morally they should keep it. I have the free speech right under the Constitution to say that they screwed up and they should, they should take care of this. Acadia decided to sue Mike Demers for defamation. They're claiming that he is defaming their company and their employees, that they did everything legally right. They went to court and they won, and this guy is defaming us. 
So Mike came on this show. He was on our CAP show a few years ago when he was trying to raise money. To uh, He was trying to privately raise money when they said they weren't going to fix it. And so he came to us and said, we want to start like a GoFundMe page. We want to try and raise money to fix my mom's house. I called Ron Marsan, who was a member of the city council in Methuen, who owns a construction company. Mm-hmm. And he said, we'll help them out. We'll donate lab- labor and materials. We'll do what we can. Okay. We did that big show. And then he disappeared. I had no idea where all of this was going on until he showed up again about a year or so ago and said, they're suing me. They're, they're, they're not looking for money. Okay, so here's the funny thing. Acadia and Hafters is not looking for money. They're not suing Mike Demers saying, you slandered us, you cost us business by bad-mouthing our company. Here's how much you cost us, and that's what we're suing you for. That's right. not what they're doing. That actually probably... Would, would have me on their side, right? Because mm. that's what the law says, whether right. I like it or not. Right. But what they're suing him for is they're suing him to have the courts order him to take down his boycott campaign. Now, that's a First Amendment issue. And I think I know a little bit about the First Amendment considering I've been sued eight times and won all eight. So they get to court, and the lawyer for Acadia sees my, my reporter. Now, I've got 75-year-old Janet Aldrich, who, um, she's an elderly lady. She's a great court reporter. She's got her video camera and her still camera. She goes to the court. She gets permission from the judge. She walks mm-hmm. into the courtroom, and as they're starting the trial, here's what happens. You want to start running that, and we'll stop it. I just recently learned after college that proceeding, at least today, has been, is being recorded. Right. And uh, it's our understanding that it's being recorded by uh, the news outlet of the friend of Mr. Demers, Tom Duggan, the Valley Patriot. Steve Duggan, is that? Uh, it's a valuation on Tom Duggan, I believe. Is this the gentleman who came to your house from, that did an interview of you? This, this is a gentleman that um, I had a radio interview with about yeah. the home makeover years ago. And this is a gentleman that did a follow-up news story on the home makeover. And um, he had actually done a recent story on this case. And so what's your objection? Yeah. Our objection is that... Um, can you pause that, Mr. Jonathan? So this is attorney Michelle Kenny from Pierce Atwood in Portsmouth, New okay, Hampshire. Who's she the attorney for? She's the attorney for Acadia Insurance. She's the attorney that is okay. suing uh, Mr. Demers. And who's the male voice? Is that the judge? The male voice is Mr. Demers. Oh, okay. And the female gotcha. voice that asked the question was the judge. I don't have her name. I'm sorry. I know it's on my phone somewhere, but I'm not going to look for it live. So, so attorney Michelle Kelly, Kenny, says... In what you just heard, he's his best friend from high school. Now, I don't know where she got that, probably from half listening to my show, Hmm. but I think we talked about this the first time Mike Demers came on our show when we were on CAP. Mike Mike Demers was not my friend in high school, okay? Mike Demers used to beat me up in high school. He used to shove me in a locker. He used to spit at me. And Mike Demers is largely responsible for me transferring out of the vocational school in Andover to Lawrence High School when I, I was I in my... Him, I remember him mentioning stuffing you in uh, lockers. Yeah, he thought it was funny. In yes. fact, I still think he thinks it was funny. Yes. I, I have a lot of friends that treat me like that. Right? I, I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, what's You're the being problem? being overly sensitive, you snowflake. I, well, I, well, listen, I, I, I got beat up a lot when I was a kid because I was a big mouth. And nothing has changed. The difference is now nobody can beat me up. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what, what changed. Right? Yeah. So, so first she's saying, oh, she's trying to convey, here's what she's doing. She's trying to convey to the court 
that we're on his side and we're not there as objective journalists and we're there to help him. Now, she's partially right about that because he's been on the show. They have not. They have not called me or contacted me and said, we want to come on the show and dispute anything Mr. Demers says. They're welcome to if they want. I'll be happy to have them on and I'll give them as much time as they want. Um, I fully recognize that I don't know everything about this case. They may actually have some good points on their side. Absent them but, calling and coming on the show or doing an interview, we're not going to know what those things are. But she's making it look mm-hmm. like, and she actually says in the next clip that we're going to play, that I'm part of the, and I'm, I don't remember the exact words, but she's, uh, the, the, I'm part of the disinformation campaign against Acadia Insurance and Hafner's Oil. Mm. And all we've tried to do is get the information out. Because Mike DeMuros came to us with a story. We put him on and let him tell his story. And so you were, you were playing like the role of an investigative journalist. Well, yeah. And so I'm, I'm taking what he's telling me yeah. at face value, that he's correcting what he's saying, okay. as I would if Acadia was here, uh, and then made my comments accordingly. But, you know, not for anything. Think about this. This is a First Amendment case where they're suing a guy to take away his First Amendment right of free speech online. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to take down... They want the Is there a precedent for this? I don't believe there is. I'm not a lawyer, but I don't believe there is. So what they're asking the court initially is to have Mike Demers's boycott Twitter page and Facebook page and LinkedIn page and whatever else he has, Snapchat, to take it down, all right? So while they're arguing to the court to take Mr. Demers's First Amendment rights away... They start the trial by trying to have a reporter thrown out of a public hearing in a public building of a public proceeding in a court, in a civil trial. Is it legal to film yeah. in a court? Yeah. Okay. So, of course, the judge wasn't buying any of it. But let's listen to more of what, uh, of what uh, attorney Michelle Kenny from Pierce Atwood had to say. Under Rule Superior Court Rule 204, we have... Um, we think that we should have been given an opportunity to address the matter before broadcasting was permitted. Our concern, we understand the policy, the public policy of the state and of the court is to permit uh, public access to, to court proceedings. Can you pause that, Mr. Jonathan? So, so public I, access. So I want you to understand what she's asking because in about three seconds she's going to deny she asked it. Okay? <laughs> All right. So what she's saying is, that Janet Aldridge from the Valley Patriot is not there f- because of a public concern. She's not there because of freedom of the press. She's basically saying that we're not objective, that I'm Mr. Demers' friend, and we're basically there to get audio and, and video so that Mr. Demers can use it as part of his boycott campaign. That's what, she, that's what she's basically saying. She wants Janet Aldridge thrown out of the room. She doesn't want pictures taken, and she doesn't want video taken. That's what she said. You guys are, are doing a hit piece. She's yeah, that we're going to do yeah. a hit piece. And you know what? After this, she could be right. <laughs> right? Because hmm. she, Acadia showed with this one action alone what they really think of the First Amendment, didn't they? Hmm. I mean, they're in the middle of a First Amendment trial, and she's trying to use legal maneuvering to have a reporter removed from a public courtroom during a public proceeding. Like, what does that tell you about how, what Acadia thinks of the First Amendment? It tells me they don't give two shits about the First Amendment. That's what it tells me. P- Paul, if you have a, a different thought, well, it I'd tells be happy me that it. they're uh, they're pretty cynical about about uh, human nature. Just because you may have known this guy mm-hmm. uh, in your past doesn't mean that you're you're going to uh, you know support what he says. You're there to find out right. if anything of what he said was correct or not. Uh, I don't think that they understand that people like you can be objective in that way. And I can. But here's the funny part. 
even if she was right, like I always say steer into the skid, mm. right? All right. Even if she was right, even if we were there just to help Mike Demers, we were there to get pictures and video to give him to be part of his campaign against Hafner's. Let's say mm. that I bought into the whole story and I'm, I'm on board with Mike. I'm there to help him. Okay. The Constitution doesn't say you have the right of free press unless you're helping Mike Demers. There's nothing in the Constitution that says anything about that. You have the right, if you are a reporter, to do what you want with that material. And so the judge calls her out on it, and then she denies it. This is great. Go ahead. Respect that our concern is that uh, not that these proceedings will be published by the Valley Patriot, uh, but that given the nature of this case and Mr. Demers's uh, admitted conduct with respect to manipulating photographic images and statements of the parties in this case, that the proceedings today will become part of a ongoing campaign of defamation and harassment. Quite frankly, I don't want to be dressed up as a brainless broad, uh, and I don't want Mr. Perot to be uh, next Thanksgiving's turkey uh, based in today's beautiful suit. Uh, we're concerned about manipulation of, of the images. I understand uh, your concern. I suppose any one of us in this courtroom could be subject to the Dumeris uh, Paul's parody, um, and I don't know if, if he will have access to it. Um, but I guess really what you're asking me to do is to enjoin a press member from from being present. I, I, that's not a request. We're not. We're not. What are you asking? Can you stop that? So now she lies. The judge says, look, I'm not going to enjoin the press. I'm not throwing the press out just because of what they might do with this information. And she goes, oh, no, no, we're not asking that. Well, actually, we just heard you say that. That is exactly what you right. were asking. So, so what, did she, uh, what did she say she was asking? So now she's going to change the narrative, right? And this is why attorneys are loathsome human beings for the most part, that they can stand in front of you and argue that a house is blue until you go, yeah, but it's not blue, and have them go, no, 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 I'm not saying it was blue. I'm saying maybe some people think it's blue. Sounds like a lot of my Facebook discussions. Yeah, and it's, ri and it's ridiculous. <laughs> so now she's going to change the narrative from we want the reporter yeah. thrown out to something completely different, which, by the way, is actually worse. Go ahead, Jonathan. Asking that the defendant be enjoined from manipulating uh, the, the photographic and the, and, and the, <clears throat> the depiction of what's happening here today. That's our concern. We certainly don't wish to enjoin freedom of the Thank you, Jonathan. That's the end of the clip. So, well, let me understand. So, this. so now it went from we want to throw yeah. the reporter out because they're on Mr. Demers's side to oh no no we don't want to take away the free speech rights of the Valley Patriot. We want to take the free speech rights from Mr. Demers from using the information Mr. Duggan's uh, Valley Patriot's going to put out there. Can you can you issue a prior restraint? Which, by the way, is so unconstitutional it's unbelievable to hear a lawyer even ask that question is disgraceful. She should turn her bar card in tomorrow to ask a judge for prior restraint. 
And the judge ruled correctly. She said, I'm not going to enjoin someone from doing something. My job is just what we talked about in the first half of the show, right? The government's job is to respond to what people do, not to stop them from doing things. Mm. And she said, when he do- if he does something after, this, after today, then you can bring it to my attention and we'll adjudicate it then. Right. But I mean, think, that about, makes sense. think about what, what Ms. Michelle, but- Attorney Michelle Kenny from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, was asking. First, she wants a lawyer. First, she wants a, a member of the press thrown out. She comes up with all these excuses because I'm his friend, as if the, that's constitutionally relevant. It's not. Then the judge calls her on it, and she says, no, 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 we don't want to take away his rights. We don't want to take away Mr. Demers's rights. And the judge wasn't buying that either. What does this tell you about what Acadia, and specifically Attorney Kenny, thinks about the First Amendment? And I really hope that the judge at the end of this trial looks at what they tried to do to us at the beginning of the trial and sees that it's the exact same thing they're doing to Mr. Demers. They're trying to silence people who say things that they don't like. Mr. Demers has parodies and artwork online where he harpoons and he mocks Acadia Insurance and Hafner's and some of their employees. That's protected speech under the First Amendment. It is. And I, I'm, just, I'm shocked. I watched that video last night. First, mm-hmm. I laughed my ass off about a half an hour. I watched it about 10 times because the video is way well, better than the audio. Can I ask a question yet? Sure. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. I want to know what... What's the problem she was having? Uh, particularly, it sounded like she, she feared that you were going to doctor some pictures. Yeah. Is that what she said? Yeah. So that was, it seemed like that was her main fear. They're going to take these pictures and what? Do what with them? Uh, maybe make fun of her. Maybe make fun of her. Yeah, because one of the things that Mr. Demers has done, uh, and I wish I'd brought one with me, um, he, he's taken a couple of the employees that were involved in the actual case, and he put one guy in a bunny suit and, you know, and mocked him. And, oh, okay. and put, that, like, that you know, kind of thing. Boycott Hafner's, and he's got the guy's picture there. Right. And it's the real guy, right? Okay. So, so that's so what they're objecting to. So he's afraid that he's going to do that with the pictures that uh, your right. lady was taking there. Right. And judge, make sure that they don't do that in this newspaper. Right. Because, right. because God forbid the little snowflake, Michelle Kenny, hmm. has her picture in a bunny outfit. God, God forbid some guy... Look, Mike Demers is a destitute 50-year-old guy who lives with his mom. Okay, the guy's got no money and no job. And they're dragging this guy into court every day to try and get him to stop his boycott campaign, which is basically what he lives on now because his whole family is bankrupt because of this situation. Okay? Mm. But he lost in court, and legally he has no redress. However, Facebook is not a courtroom. Twitter is not a courtroom. And as we talked about, I think you were, you were still my co-host back when Travelocity screwed me out of a vacation. There was supposed to be a hot tub in the room, and we had a big problem. I think that was right afterwards. So, so I went on vacation. I called mm-hmm. Travelocity. I told them I need a hot tub in the room because I have a bad back. They swore up and down that they'd have one. I got there. There wasn't one. I called Travelocity. They didn't want to make it right. They didn't want to make it right. The most they would do is they said they'd take $20 off my bill. Now, that doesn't help me. All right? Mm. So I went around and around with Travelocity excuse me, and they wouldn't make it right, so I started a Twitter campaign called The, Sw- the Sleeping Gnome. And I went on Google, and I found a gnome, and I, made it, and, I, and I manipulated the image so he's laying down sleeping, and I put little Zs coming out of him, mm-hmm. and I put Travelocity on it, and I started posting it on Facebook. I should have that right. Mm-hmm. Because even though legally they probably don't have to give me the $20 that they offered, maybe legally they, they don't have to make it right, they don't have to give me a free hotel room somewhere because I'm unhappy with their service, but morally, they made a commitment that if I did business with them, that I would get a certain thing if I gave them my money. And I gave them my money, and they didn't give me that certain thing. So I don't care what the law says. 
What I do care about is publicly shaming people who do a bad job. And you think you have? Uh, we have a right to do that, I, and, and, and we do. I and, check and the, the papers every morning to make sure judge, we still have that right, but so far we still do. The judge in, in that particular case uh, apparently agreed with you uh, to at least she, she agreed that she can't stop that possibility from happening. Mm-hmm. Now, w- did she at all say, if it does happen, we'll look into it? Yeah, she said, if something happens after today, yeah. bring it to my attention, whatever your objection is, and we'll adjudicate well, it then. And, and that brings up a question to me, because it seems like you're saying the First Amendment covers all kinds of disparagement against people who you believe wronged you or, or businesses. Right. Is there a line? Sure. And, and where, where might that line be? Sure. If Mr. Demers went yeah. on, uh, let's say Mr. Demers went on Facebook and he got a picture of one of the employees with his wife and his kids, right? And he says, uh, Mr. D- uh, and he says, Mr. Smith, who works for the Acadia Company, was cheating on his wife last week. And here he is in a picture with his family pretending that he's a great family man. Well, you know what? That's slander if it's not true. Mm. And so if he did that, then, yeah, you've got redress of grievance. If they could show that what Mr. Demers did was illegal and cost them business, mm. if they walked into... Cause he, when he first called me, when Mike Demers first called me and said, they're suing me, I said, for how much? And he said, they're not asking for money. So what the hell are they asking for? They want me to take down all my posts. They want, mm. me to, they, they right. want the court to take down my free right. speech right. So you're saying that if he uh, made a, a vicious lie against one of these people, then they might have a, a case against right. him. So let's say, that, yeah. let's say Jim Smith works for the Hafner's Oil Company, and Jim Smith got fired yeah. because Mike Demers put a bunch of stuff that wasn't true about him online. Yes. Mr. Smith could sue Mike Demers because he's been aggrieved. Something happened to him that wasn't lawful, and he suffered financially for it. But they're not asking for that. They're Mm. not saying we lost $10 million worth of business because this guy keeps hurting our business. They're saying he hurt our feelings. He made us Mm. look bad. He's mocking us. It's unfair. He's being mean to us. He manipulated. Did you hear? He's manipulating images. Like, uh, have you been on Facebook? Have you seen one meme in the last five years that wasn't a manipulated image of some public person? Like, do you live in the fucking real world, lady, or what, Michelle Kenny, from Portsmouth, New Hampshire? Like, give me a fucking break. Excuse my French. But, you know, you're in a First Amendment trial. What better way to show the court that you're not taking away someone's First Amendment right than to try and throw a reporter out of a public proceeding? Like, are you kidding me? God, I hope they. Well, the, the judge I hope they, nothing to do with I it. hope they add me to the lawsuit because she made a comment in there that made it sound an awful lot like she was saying that I'm part of the disinformation campaign against Acadia. And I got to tell you, if Acadia called me tomorrow and said we want to, we want two hours on your next show, I would have all of those lawyers sitting here explaining to me. But they'd have to answer the questions. That's the thing. Like, it's a double-edged sword. You want to come on the show, I'll, I'll have you on as long as you want. Look, apparently they don't want to look bad, no, right? Right. That's the bottom line well, here. Well, guess what? They don't want to look bad. Guess what? You attacked a member of the press during Mm. a First Amendment trial. You're now going to look bad. And I haven't posted the video or the story yet because I wanted to break it on the show today. I wanted to play the audio. The the video is actually even way better because you're going to see her face. Um, But I'm going to have this story up today or tomorrow. 
And then I'm going to send it to our friend David Rothstein at Fox 25. We're going to send it to Russ Contreras at the AP. We're going to send it to our friends at the Boston Globe. We have friends at the Lowell Sun. We have friends in, at, at the uh, Manchester Union Leader. I think they changed their name now. They're just the uh, like Union Leader or something. I'm going to send it to every member of the press that I know that I'm friends with that cares about the First Amendment and say, hey, what do you guys as members of the press think about this company trying to throw a member of the press out of a public proceeding? Don't you think that's news? And I guarantee you, Miss Michelle Kenny is going to have her picture in the paper somewhere in the next week. Certainly it will be in the next Valley Patriot, I promise you that. I mean, walk the walk. Walk the walk. If you're upset about whatever Mr. Demers did, you don't hide it. You don't try and have a member of the press thrown out. And I'll, I'll reiterate, even if I was there for all of the reasons she said that we had someone there, yes. that's not an exemption to the First Amendment. I mean, National Lampoon could send a guy to a public trial for the purpose of mocking everybody involved, and they're still members of the press. There's nothing. That's true. How did this girl get through, through, through law school? Like, it's, it's, it's 101. It's Constitutional Law 101. The press has the right to be in a public proceeding in a public trial. Now, other exceptions, yeah, if it involves maybe the rape of a minor, or mm-hmm. something like that where you've, where you've got legitimate safety concerns, where you're dealing with minors and stuff. Well, you'd be infringing upon that minor's right. Right, and the minor can't give consent, right? So, right? so I get that. But those are very rare exceptions, and certainly it's not this. Certainly it's not uh, there's an exception to the First Amendment if you're going to parody someone later on. Or, or her being concerned or wanting the court to be concerned what we're going to do with the information after we, after we show up and videotape and take pictures, Paul. Basically, they're, in a sense, they're playing a Donald Trump on you and calling you fake news. Right. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. And I love that. I love that. Okay. Because that means they're underestimating me. And every single time I've ever won a major case or a major issue, it's because people underestimated me. I think they're under the impression that I'm some guy who's just a blogger in my mom's Mm -hmm. basement. And that I'm just friends with this guy, and if they just attack me in the court, that it'll help mm. their case. That they can convey to the judge that, you know, the deck is stacked against them. They're the real victims here. And who knows? Maybe they are. Maybe they are the real victims. Maybe Mr. Demers is just totally out of line and there's stuff we don't know about. But in the meantime, there's never, unless it's one of the exceptions we talked about, there's never an excuse in a public proceeding to have the press removed. I mean... 75-year-old Janet Aldrich is no threat to anybody. She's all of four feet tall. And she sat in the back of the room with her video camera running Mm -hmm. and didn't say two words to anybody on her way in or on her way out of the whole time she was there. And yet, you know, we got her out of bed. She lives on the South Shore. Mm -hmm. And we got her to that courthouse on time at 9 a.m. And she, for no pay spent her entire day there, and that's how she got treated. That's how she got treated. For the record, if she's uh, taller than four feet, that's defamation of character. She can sue you. (laughs) As long as the press isn't involved in the courtroom, right? That's right. Wow. Wow. So any more thoughts on this, Paul, before we move on to other stuff? When you put the... um the lawyer lady and the, the, the front page of the Valley Patriot, just don't put her in a rabbit suit. I might. Yeah. Listen, we used to have um, Dave Sullivan who used to do our political cartoons. Yes, I do remember Dave. Dave retired yes. two years ago. Mm. We may bring Dave out of retirement for this particular case. <laughs> because, you know, they're all concerned about manipulating photographs. But I wonder what they'd say if it was actual artwork where a guy drew her. Mm. Right? Yeah, that's less of a lie in a sense. Right. right? With, and in quotes. Because Mr. Demers is creating artwork. Mm-hmm. 
Right, because yeah. that's what he's doing. He's taking images and he's putting them in bunny suits and he's creating artwork. And so they're trying to stop his parodies and his artwork from becoming public. They don't want the public to know what they did. That's what this is all about. They don't want the public, they got away with it. They pulled a boner and they got away with it. Fine. You, the guy, my father was murdered. The guy who murdered my father got off on a technicality. He got away with it. After he died, I was running around saying my father was murdered and I got a call from this guy's fucking lawyer. Really? Saying if you keep saying publicly that your father was murdered, you're implying that my client is a murderer and he was found not guilty. Stop doing that. I told him to go after himself. Hmm. You want to take the son of a slain cop into court and you want to sue me over that? Good luck to you because the press ain't going to be – I might lose, but you're going to lose a lot more in the bad press. Um, it, it's the same thing here. Just because Mr. Demers has lost a case in court doesn't mean that he shouldn't have the right to express moral outrage publicly, at least in a free country. In China, you're right. Hmm. In the Soviet Union, in Russia, you're right. In most countries in South America, Central America, you're absolutely right. You'd have no right to do that. But in this country, we still have free speech rights. At least, again, I check the papers every morning because, you know, and our, free, our free speech is under attack. If Mike, if Mike Demers loses, hold that thought, but if Mike Demer, Demers loses, people need to understand something. This will be a watershed case. This will be a precedent-setting case. If, he's a, if he loses this case, he has to appeal it. Because if he loses, people like me are in jeopardy. People like you, you do a radio show, you're in jeopardy. If suddenly you go into your radio show someday and you want to complain about Travelocity or Walmart or CVS or some big company because you had some issue with them and legally they can get away with it, but you're still outraged by what they did, you could, you could get dragged into court. You can get dragged into court. For and you can be, and you can about be, it. And you can be silenced. And so without even talking about whether Mr. Demers is right or wrong in his case, because we don't know, I suspect he's probably right. I've, I've kind of sided with him on some of the points that he's made because it's, it's outrageous. The one thing that everyone needs to come away from this story with when it comes to Acadia Insurance and Hafner's Oil, and I looked this up, and it's provable and proven that they spent more money suing Mr. Demers and fighting this case than if they had just built his mom a brand new home. Wow. So that goes to show you they spent over a million dollars fighting this case. His mom's house was worth $585,000 or somewhere in that, in that neighborhood. Had they just purchased a piece of property on another street and built her another house, they still would have made more money. They wouldn't have spent half as much money as what they're spending on this case. So it's not about money. It's not about doing the right thing. It's about silencing someone who's making them look bad. They don't want people to know that they spent, that they pumped 250 gallons into this lady's property. They don't want the discussion about the environmental disaster that happened on that property or the fact that they had to have environmental people out there for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to clean it up and never actually got it all. They just don't want people to know. They want nothing to see here, move along, buy more, buy more oil from Hafner's Oil. And by the way, I know the people that own Hafner's Oil. I love those people. I have nothing against Hafner's Oil at all. In fact, I get my car washed at Hafner's, all right? So it's nothing to do with the people who run Hafner's. It has to do with you're a company, you did something wrong, make it right. When someone calls me and says, we subscribed to the Valley Patriot, I didn't get my paper for the last two, two months, I want my money back. We just had this lady, her name is Laura, uh, Lorraine Smith in Haverhill, all upset. She bought a subscription. She sent the $65 in. Two months in a row, she didn't get it. She said, I want my money back. We had terse words back and forth via email, but at the end of the day, I sent her back a check. She got her $65 back, and I renewed her subscription for the next two years. So she got her money back, and she's still going to get a paper for the next two years because we were wrong. 
Then now, why, why were there terse words then? Well, there were, because of the way she came at me. All right. You know, she started off with, what kind of paper are you? Yeah, I gave you my that, money. You trying she to, hurt his feelings. Yeah, yeah. You, are you oh, trying to, are you trying you to steal from me? I sent you $65. You never sent me the paper. So, you know, one of, someone who works for me had words back and forth with her. I had words back and forth with her. But at the end of the day, she's right. Mm-hmm. We're wrong. And because we're wrong, I am going to give her her money back. I did give her her money back. And even though I'm not legally responsible to do so, we're giving her a two-year free subscription because we screwed up. Now, that's how I do business. So you have a sense of justice. I, because if, I was, if it was the other way around and I'm yeah. the guy that sent my $65 and I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah. So you know what? We're not perfect. We recognize we're not perfect. But we go out of our way to make sure we make things right when we do something wrong. And I think it would be great if some of these corporations would do the same. Unfortunately, Acadia and Hafner's would rather spend over a million dollars silencing a destitute 50-year-old guy living with his mom than just building the house right and, and putting the rest of the money in your pocket. It's outrageous, Paul. There you go. So, anyways. Not much else to say about it. We'll I guess. We'll see how it, uh, how it unfolds. I guess. How much time we got? Oh, we're already at 3.30. You want to take like a quick one-minute break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk some politics? Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, Mr. Jonathan, thank you. I'm out of cigarettes. Anybody a cigarette? Anybody? See what Paul was going to talk about. Paul, was, 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 Paul's not here. He ran to the bathroom. Let's read his notes. Let's see what he said. Let's see. New York school cancels father-daughter dance to comply with new gender guidelines. Oh, that'll be a great. That'll be a great issue if he actually comes back. Uh, let's see what else does he have here. Um, me too. Oh, I wanted to talk about me too today anyway, so we'll do that. Uh, thanks for uh, ju- rejoining us. Thank you for the five people watching on seven people watching on Facebook. I forgot I was even Facebook Live during this whole sh- uh, during this whole debacle. Um, thanks for uh, coming back to the Paying Attention podcast. We want to thank. Uh, Joe Zingales and Rosanna Zingales-Lopez from Century 21 Team Zingales in Methuen. 
uh, new sponsor of the show. We were giving them free plugs before because we love them. They buy print ads from us at the Valley Patriot. Uh, but I saw Joe this week, and um, he uh, said he wants to be in on board with sponsoring the show as well. So we want to thank him for that. Angelo Memolo. Go see Angelo at uh, AM Auto Body on South Broadway in Lawrence. It's on South Broadway and Inman Street where uh, the old Metropolitan used to be. And um, he moved up here from, I think, like Somerville or Everett somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the Boston area. And uh, he decided to bring his business to Lawrence, which we love. Anybody that wants to bring a business to Lawrence, we appreciate that. Um, and he's also a sponsor of the show, and he's also an advertiser in the Valley Patriot. And then we have Twin Lights Securities and Investigations, who I'm actually now working for. Uh, yeah, I need to take a job. I need the money. Uh, we, we really? Don't, we don't have enough sponsors. Yeah. So uh, Twin Lights Security and Investigations, um, if you need uh, security for an event, if you need security for your business, they'll do that. But what they really do, what I do uh, with them now that uh, I'm on board, is uh, investigations. So if you're in the middle of a divorce and you need a private eye to follow your ex-wife, your ex-husband around. Are you around. serious? Yeah, I'm totally serious. Um, if you have a company and you think someone might be stealing from you and you want to have somebody from Twin Lights come work in your company to investigate who's stealing from your company, uh, any kind of investigation that you want, call Twin Lights Security, Patrick McLaughlin, and our buddy uh, Mike Thibodeau, who we thought was going to be here today. I don't know why he's not here, but we'll, we'll slap him on the back of the hand when, he, when we run into him tonight. Um, we appreciate them sponsoring the show. We appreciate them buying ads in the Valley Patriot. Twin Lights was our first paid commercial here on this, on this podcast, and so um, we're going to give them as much love as we can because they're, they're, the reason, they're one of the reasons we were able to start this thing up. So I appreciate those guys, and uh, I, I'm having a lot of fun working there because they have computer programs that can get stuff I can't get. Mm. And so when I'm doing an investigation for them, I also have the opportunity to kind of like do some investigations on some stories I'm working on. Mm. And um, it's been very productive for me. To, to kill two birds with one yeah, stone. Pl- plus yeah, plus they're paying me to do it. So that's, uh, that's even better. So they're, they're actually paying me to work for them. They're paying to sponsor the show. And they're paying for ads in the Valley Patriot. So we love Pat McLaughlin, Mike Thibodeau from Twin Lights Security and Investigations. Paul, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about. But I was uh, cheating on your notes. Yeah. While you're in the bathroom. And it uh, looks like you've got at least a couple of good things there. So why don't we well, let you give us well, a topic? I, I tell we'll you what, about. these were actually for last week. They're, they're maybe a week dated now. Mm-hmm. Before we get to them, do you want to just talk about the shooting? Or do you, would you, did you talk about that enough? We talked about it a little bit, but right. I'll, I'll be happy to talk about the shooting. I just... Um I would just add that I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I, I, uh, Thanks for coming, kids. Good night. I have, uh, <laughs> you know, that I have taken many strong stands on many things, and that's sort of my mo. But when that's it com- why my daughter hates you. When it comes to gun control, I really don't uh, have a strong stand on it politically. I think that both um, both answers are bad. Right. And uh, I think the people in this kid's life let him down. I agree. Because which kid? The the kid who the did shooter. the shooting. The oh shooting, yes, Cruz. He allegedly, I guess I have to say allegedly. I'm right. officially a newsman now, only because I'm on this show. Um, but they let him down by he just got booted out of school. I mean, he, he lost his parents, his um, adopted parents, died. Mm. He's acting out and he gets kicked out of school instead of uh, I don't know. Get him into counseling, get somebody to be on his side, somebody to see him, somebody to let him know that he's cared about. I mean, you got to – and listen, shooting yeah. up a school is absolutely yeah, not the answer. But to, to, for someone to feel like they're at that point in their life that that's the only way they can be seen, this is a broken soul. And the people in this kid's community, I believe, let him down. Yeah. Hmm, the people in his – what about his family? They're all dead. 
They're all. Oh, okay. They're, his mother and father are dead. Correct. Were, were you okay. listening? He just said that. <laughs> he was waiting to talk. Are you, are you listening <laughs> to your own conversation here or what? So, so where does this kid? Where did this kid live? He lived with uh, a, a family that was basically hosting him. I mean, nothing, okay. nothing legal or like the a, books. Like a foster type of situation. Well, he's 19, so there yeah. was, at that okay. point, he's basically on his own. But he had a, a, a friend that was willing to uh, let him crash on the couch, so to speak. Now, would you say that these are all reasons, or, or at least um, excuses, that he should not be tried and found guilty? There or is, no? there is absolutely no excuse for taking right. somebody's life ever. Right. My point is only what. What could we be doing as a society? And I'll only talk about myself. What can I be doing? Because there are certainly people that I come across that I can recognize are broken. So am I going to ignore them or am I going to give it a shot and send a little love in their direction? I think love is the answer. Love is the answer, Tom. And uh, I'm, we are the world. I am armed always as Tom is. We are mm. the so I'm not anti-gun at all. I'm pro-gun. No, I think you make some great points. And I think that, you know, w mm. we can look at societal issues, what led to this. We can look at the cultural issues as what leads to these kinds of things. But nothing that we can come up with, nothing they can come up with on CNN, nothing they can come up with in the legislature or in the White House is going to stop someone in a free society from choosing to going to get a gun and shooting someone if that's what they want to do. Now, look, I've had threats against my life. We've talked about it on the show a little bit. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that you know that I, I have to carry um, there are you know people who have threatened me it wasn't just like you know we're gonna kill you and then they went off on their day like these are serious things um, they were serious threats they are serious threats um, at the end of the day though like people say like I, like I was talking to Fred mm -hmm. one day he said well aren't you scared that these guys are serious guys and they're out to get you and I was like well not really because if they if they really want to kill me if they really want to get me there's n nothing I can do, carrying a gun, hiring security, no matter what I do. If they really want to get me, they're going to yeah. get me. They're going to get you. If okay. someone's that intent on doing something, then they're going to do it no matter what measures you take. Then short of banning guns, what is the answer to save 17 children there isn't from one. situations there like isn't today? There isn't one. You know what? Sometimes... There isn't any. Sometimes, my father used to say, life isn't fair, suck it up. Mm. Right. Sometimes, if you live in a free society... You have to suck it up. There's nothing we could have done. You could put but bars on the windows. You could take everybody's guns away. If someone wants to walk into a school and shoot it up, they're going to find a gun, whether they're legal or not. They're going to go in. They're going to find a way into the school, whether you put bars on the doors or not, and they're going to shoot someone. Then, what is your solution for making the situation now better? Cops, uh, cops, more cops in the schools. More, ar more ar cops. Arm the teachers and the administrators. Now, I know people who are afraid of guns and hate guns are going to hate that so idea. So it'll be like the Wild West. Everybody will have a gun in their holster. Put on CNN. It's the Wild West now. Um, okay. Like, put on CNN today. What are you looking at? You're looking at video carnage of the Wild. West of a guy walking into a school and shooting 17 kids. More than 17. 17 died. Like 20-something people were shot. So we've got the Wild West now. So do you want the Wild West where good people can defend themselves or the Wild West where only the criminals so, can shoot you? So more guns will be uh, more protective of society than less guns. More guns in the right hand. In the right saying. hands. Okay. All right? So I think one of the things that the, that the liberals, one of the things that the Democrats have right is if you have a mental health issue, if you've been diagnosed with depression, if you were thrown out of the military because you have PTSD, you shouldn't have access to a gun. I'm sorry. Right? right? Sure. Because, because that's an indicator that somewhere down the line you might do something violent. Otherwise, unless it's one of those exceptions. I mean, isn't that obvious? There's, there's <clears throat> nothing you can do to stop someone in a free society <clears throat> from choosing to commit violence. You just can't.
any more than I can stop the gang that has been threatening me and my family from getting me. Like, I could take all the precautions in the world. But if they want to get you, if they're really that intent, they're going to get you. The fact that I'm still breathing means apparently they don't really want to get me, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't, try, I shouldn't tempt them. But, but you know, the, the fact is, if someone's intent, they're going to do it. If someone has decided that that's what they want to do, they're going to do it. Okay, that, and no matter what I their understand. parents do, no matter what the, what the law under, says. I understand your principle here. Um, and we live in an imperfect world, and there's a lot of imperfect people out there that do very imperfect things. Question is, how do we protect ourselves best from them? And your answer is more guns. Well, first of all, police officers in the schools. Yeah. If there were two police officers in that school when the shooting started, I guarantee you there wouldn't have been 20-something So then more, more taxpayers' money shelled out to... Yeah. Well, how much taxpayers' money like are we going to spend now investigating but this mass shooting? But there's a lot of schools out there. And yes, there, there are. And there are a lot of hospitals, yep. and a lot of public places, theaters. Right. What do you do? Do you, do you, do you have – is it going to be like a brigade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting to see why people hate him. He's not offering a solution himself. He's <laughs> no. just asking the question right, over and over. Right, right. However, however, hey, I'm a That's because he's looking for a specific answer, and I'm not giving I'm it to him. I'm a philosophy instructor at college. This is what I do. But, but I started this off with I really don't have – this is one of those issues that I don't have a strong stand on yeah. either way. Well, I, 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 I know one thing is not the answer. Banning guns mm. is not the answer. Banning bump stocks is not the answer. Um, and putting guns in the hands of everybody isn't the answer. Either I agree. Because you're going to have collateral damage. I agree. People are going to die when it comes to people shooting. Yes, yep. that, I agree. Is, so now you're trying, you're trying to lessen the casualties. You cannot make it go away. So you're trying to lessen it. And, and everybody wants to play Monday morning quarterback. Right. You know, I want to I go back in time and love the kid harder. Tom wants to have the, the teachers armed, and uh, you're questioning whether or not the police should be there. I'm, yeah. I'm a little concerned about you, Paul, actually. Okay. Yeah, a little too. concerned. This is why we have him here, though. <laughs> that voice is not coming from heaven. All, That's the voice all of God. You, all you guys that are watching us right Mr. now. Mr. Jonathan, Although the voice it of God. is quite heavenly. <laughs> you no, know, I don't know. I, I know. I know we have a, uh, a Second Amendment. Yeah, uh, I know that, but but that Second Amendment. The reason why I'm I'm not for banning guns altogether, for well, one reason is well, I, one reason is because natural law tells us that we have a right to protect ourselves. Absolutely. Another is that we have a right to form militias according to the amendments. Right. Um, but this, of course, brings up other questions, like at, at what you know, at, at what point do you stop saying that it's okay legally for a person to have these kinds of weapons? Are grenades? Should, should people be able to have grenades? Should they be able to build bombs? Should be able to have auto, automatic weapons? All of these things that our, obviously our military has, mm -hmm. if we're going to be serious about the Second Amendment and potentially one day form a militia in order to defend ourselves from the United States military when a totalitarian leader um, takes over, shouldn't we have all these big things Absolutely. privately? Yes. You're saying well, yeah. Well, we should have access yeah. to them uh, right. yeah. by, by rights, yes. Yeah. Th does that mean that I want an Abrams tank parked in my front yard? No, I, I don't think no, I'm going to need right, it. Not right now. But, it, but I, yeah. should, I should, by law, be able to own that and a bazooka and, and an any, automatic anything weapon. Anything that uh, the Army or the uh, police has. So yeah. then really yeah. what you'd be talking about is restricting their ability right. to have the armaments that, yeah. okay, you don't want the, the U.S. citizen to have an AK-47 fully automatic weapon? absolutely fine. The military can't have it. Now, you have to shoot one shot at a time yeah. so that it's an even playing field. That I'm for. I'm not saying I'm for arming the U.S. citizen. I'm for disarming well, the, the military. military. Yeah. Really? 
Okay. If if you're going to take it away from me, no, you've got to take you. it away from them. What do you think of that, Tom? You no, want to I'm, not, I'm not for that. I'm not for that at all. <laughs> I didn't think you would. Be. Listen, when society <laughs> breaks down, well, remember the Rodney yeah. King riots? Yes. So when society breaks down, whether it's the Baltimore riots, the Rodney King riots, the Miami riots, let's say that. Well, let's go back to the Rodney King riots for a minute. The only buildings that survived during that riot, all the buildings in those neighborhoods got burned down during the Rodney King riots. The only buildings that, that were still standing the next day were the Asian markets because the Asians had, had automatic bars? weapons okay. and they went up onto the roof and as the rioters were heading toward their building, they fired over their heads to let them know that they had automatic weapons up on the roof and the rioters went up, oh, not going over there and they went in a different direction. Um, during Hurricane Katrina, we heard all kinds of stories about rogue police officers off that were during when the, when the whole, the, all of New Orleans is destroyed. There's no police radios to call anybody. There's no police station right. to go back Total to. Total chaos. They, they, there were four, at least four or five police officers, off-duty police officers, that murdered a bunch mm-hmm. of people. All right? Who do you call when that's going on? Who do you call? If you I, don't I'd have a weapon say, to defend yourself... I'd say not Ghostbusters, but... <laughs> during, during, during the Baltimore riots, there were... And I remember this because mm. we were listening to the scanner. Rich sent me the scanner frequency for Baltimore. We were listening live during the Baltimore mm. riots earlier last year. And they were getting calls of armed robberies, bank mm. robberies, domestic abuse. A woman got raped. And they couldn't get any cops over to those neighborhoods because all the cops were dealing with the riots downtown. Yeah. So when society breaks down, when there's no cop to call... It's you and your life versus someone else and their life. And you ought to be able to have whatever it takes to defend yourself. Well, a kitchen knife ain't going to cut it. Yeah, right. And that could be the case just with a simple burglary, right. for example. Right. So, so we have a right to protect ourselves, but it's a tough, it's a tough situation, funny, especially after a uh, day like yesterday. Yeah, funny thing is that while the same liberals, the same Democrats, mm. the same actors on CNN, Don Lemon, Wolf right. Blitzer, the same people that are like, no, 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 if you need someone, you call a cop. You shouldn't have a gun. Right. These are the right. same people that are supporting Black Lives Matter saying that the cops are all a bunch of white racist jackbooted thugs that kill black men for fun. Mm -hmm. The cops should have their discretion taken away from them because we all know cops are a bunch of white racists. So which is it? It can't be both. Right. It's, it's, right? it's, it's I a mean, contradiction. So what, what does yeah. that mean if I'm black? What are you trying to tell me if I'm black? If I listen to both of those messages, I hear they want to disarm me so that I can get killed by an evil white racist cop. That's what that tells me if I'm black. You know what, you know what is going to make this all passe? Um, development, te- technological development of force fields. Force fields. Yes. All right. Just put them around schools. I thought we were having hospitals. a serious conversation. But hey, okay, I yeah. don't think we were all that far off. All right. That's yeah. So, in other words, you know, Scotty's beating you, know you away from the bullets. You know what? I, I was all for Reagan's SDI Star Me Wars. Too. Me too. Because it was a truly defensive thing. Right. It was supposed to act as a shield so that all these crazy people uh, in, in countries couldn't get at us. Right. If we could do that with within society. Um, that could cut down on a lot of these killings. I'm also tired of, and I heard it on Fox this morning of all places. I try not to watch Foxes. I only really watch Fox twice a day, but I, was, I threw Fox on this morning for some reason. And uh, the guy that's doing the live broadcast from uh, Florida where the shooting happened, on like nine different occasions during his broadcast, called, them, called the weapon that was used a, quote, assault weapon. 
It's a political term, and I hate it. Hmm. Because every weapon's an assault weapon, right? I mean, the whole reason to have oh, a gun yeah. is to assault somebody if you have to. Uh, that's how and, you would define but, it, yeah. But they categorize certain guns if they look scary. Hmm. And the real problem we have is that we have legislators that know nothing about guns, they know nothing about self-defense, and these are the people that are making the decisions on what to ban and what not to ban. And the last time around during the last uh, legislation for you know, gun reform, they were banning guns based on how they looked. They're like, oh, this looks like a scary assault rifle. But all it is is just a regular rifle with a whole bunch of attachments on it. It's no yeah. different with the attachments than without the attachments. It just looks scary. We should ban pressure cookers then because uh, somebody used one at, a, at the uh, marathon. Right, yeah. Because those, mm-hmm. those look scary to me now. Yeah. If yeah. I saw a pressure cooker just out yes, in indeed. a group of people, I would be nervous. I think yeah. we should ban Tom. He looks pretty scary. Yeah, I'm a pretty scary guy. Yeah. So let's stop talking about banning guns. Let's stop talking about All how right. we can prevent but mass shootings. You can't prevent a mass shooting in a free well, society. You can't. And the more you talk about it, the more you give, give highlight to it, the more mass shootings occur. Look, the problem is, you, wanna, you know the crux of the problem? The crux of the problem is the breakdown of the family. Today. I agree with you. I knew you were going there. Yeah, I was waiting I, for you to get yeah. there. Well, here I am. I agree it's with a, you. It's the breakdown of the family, which in turn breaks down neighborhoods and society itself. So right. people like this are going to continue to, to come onto the scene uh, more and more, I think, as time goes on. And we're going to have a huge problem. So it's back to loving harder. Right. Well, I, I like you again, Paul. <laughs> I like you again. <laughs> I get the feeling uh, the voice of God is a little bit terrible. Well, I is think, that true? I think, uh, yes, al- he is. Ultimately, ultimately um, I don't think our society knows what love is anymore. Yeah. I agree. I agree. With uh, too. We, we don't understand the term, uh, and, and that's a whole show in and of itself. Um, but yes. When you That's have the, the breakdown, problem. when you have disrespect for the nuclear family, which we have in our culture right now, um, when kids are told fathers are not yeah. important. Well, we, we, we disrespect each other. Right. And within the nuclear family. Sorry. Yep. And so when you disrespect authority, why, why are kids going to be, I mean, what kind of discipline is, going, is, is there going to right. be? Most of, these, most of these shooters that do mass shootings mm-hmm. are people that feel completely disconnected from society, yeah. completely disconnected from their family. This kid, I didn't know yeah. until Jonathan told me a few seconds ago, this kid had no family. Yeah. Um, you know, this kid was a ticking time bomb, and he probably got bullied at school, and he probably had, yeah. see, he probably had some, some personal issues. It would have been nice if someone who cared about this kid recognized what was going on in his head and could have done something that would have prevented this. But nobody knows until someone does something like this that they're going to do something like this. I always love when they come on, mm-hmm. and especially on CNN, MSNBC, they do these qualifiers like, well, everybody knew this guy was a little weird. Everybody saw what he put on his Facebook page. Why didn't anybody do anything about it? My question, I'd love to, I'd love to be on CNN for five minutes and ask that idiot Don Lemon, what would you have me do? Let's say I have a brother, mm. and he posts on Facebook that he wants to kill a bunch of people, and he's at the gun range every day, and he, and, he's, and he gets a tattoo that says, I hate everyone. Well, what can you do? Right. You can't do anything. So they give you a big buildup that, you know, they, there was all these signs and no one did anything, and they never tell you what anybody could have done because the answer is nothing. We are, live in a free society. Like, Government's job is not to prevent you from let's, doing anything. Let's do the, it's to act when you do something. Let's do the tire hit the road thing. Right. Who would either one of you two? Who do you think would be the most appropriate person to have taken this kid to the side and said, let me take you under my wing? A guidance counselor. Guidance counselor, a teacher, who, whoever, whoever he was acting out in that person's class. Listen, I need to talk to you after class today. Right. Do you not think that happened? I bet that happened a couple of times. 
At I the mean, point, at I the mean, point this, a this school gives up on somebody and expels somebody, you, and and listen, I'm not I'm not trying to say that somebody was a bad person because they didn't do it. All, all I'm saying is that there could be more training, I yeah. guess, for the teachers because they they need to be playing multiple roles at this point because of so that many, breakdown. So many, society. so many roles because of the breakdown of the family. And I know that they already but, they're using their own money and uh, some of them and and they're doing the very best they can with what they have and they don't have but, a lot. But you do need to expel some kids because they yeah. poison the community. Yeah, Nothing gets done with a kid like that in class. Yeah. So you expel them, then somebody has to come. All right, I'm, I got it. Yeah. Bring back the draft. It's automatic. You get huh? expelled out of high school below 20 years old. Anybody expelled out of drafted. high school, you're drafted. Automatically. Yep. And then let the drill sergeant handle it. Yep. Well. He'll love them. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. The government's job is not yep. to prevent people from doing things that the government doesn't want them to do. The government's job in a free society is to act once you've done it. Just like the judge said in that clip that we played earlier. Yeah. The lawyer wanted the reporter thrown out because the lawyer was worried that the reporter was going to take information and use it a certain way. The judge said, when that happens, come back to me. Okay. That's what government is supposed to do. So all of this talk on all of these news shows, including Fox, talking about what we could have done to prevent it, the answer is nothing. Stop talking about it. If you really want to do something, let's start talking about bringing back respect for the family, respect for police officers, respect for authority. I'm sure that there was one grown-up in this kid's life that he respected and listened to. That's probably the person that should have pulled him aside and tried to do something, whether it was a teacher, a neighbor, or a guidance counselor. But that doesn't mean that it's that person's fault who didn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's the, the fu- I know lawyers always get involved and politicians always get involved and we start assigning partial blame. There's no partial blame. Uh, I know there's going to be lawsuits. I know parents are going to sue the school. I know teachers are going to sue the school. Everyone's going to sue the school and say it's the school's fault because there's money to be made because lawyers set up the system that way. But the fact is there's nothing any of them could have done. And the only person responsible, the only one responsible for what happened in that school is the shooter. He's the only person. How old was that kid? 19? I don't know. Jonathan, He was 19. I think he was 19. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a kid anymore. Right. Legally. Right. Yeah. I don't, my, my first response is if his, both parents are dead, well, who's the next one to step up? Is, right. it, is it an uncle or an aunt? Or does he have any of those? I believe, it was, nieces and nephews? I believe it was an adopted uh, Adopted situation? And they, they passed on as well. Yeah. And there were no cousins involved? You'd think somebody would come in and, and step in, but yeah, I, I don't see, know. You know, I see it at Christmas. I, don't know. I see it at Christmas time when I go down to, like, the uh, Daybreak Homeless Shelter at Christmas Thanksgiving. There are a lot of people in this country. I don't know what the number is, but there are a lot mm-hmm. of people in this country, and you have to feel bad that literally have nobody. Yeah. They literally have nobody. And that's where the church is supposed to step in. Right. Well, but when you're in a, when, but when you're in a culture that mocks God I know. and mocks religion, it doesn't, be, it doesn't become an option for someone that doesn't have a family. They're not thinking, maybe I'll go talk yeah. to a priest and, or a rabbi. And they weren't formed that way, so right. they, they probably don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation. Now, speaking of free speech, do, yes, you, want, do you want to go to something else here? We, yep, we got 10 minutes. All right. Are you okay for 10 minutes, uh, yeah. Jonathan? Okay. All right. There was a little sanity from a California judge last week. How does that happen? Um, it's interesting. Don't worry. He'll be, he'll be out of a job by tomorrow if he did something sane. So the, um, the baker, a baker in California was um, charged with uh, discrimination because he didn't bake a particular, a particular cake for a homosexual couple. And I don't know if he was going to lose his business or what have you, but, but a California judge uh, said, and here's a quote from the article, a key factor in his decision was that the cake was being requested by the couple, the cake being requested by the couple was a custom job that was not regularly sold by the bakery. The implication 
is that if the couple had requested a cake that was on display and routinely sold to other customers, it would be discriminatory, uh, discrimi uh, discriminatory to refuse to sell it. Right. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. This judge said no need to go to freedom of speech right. to, to deal with this case. All we, excuse me, I'm sorry. No need to go to freedom of religion. All you need to do is go to freedom of speech. And you have a situation here where you don't have to do anything extraordinary, per se, in order to make uh, extraordinary situations happy within your business. Yeah, I think it's disgraceful that left-wing activists purposely seek out Catholics and Christians in own businesses, purposely go in there and order something mm -hmm. that they know is going to offend the people who own that business so that they can then try to sue them afterwards as what has happened with some of these cake cases. Mm -hmm. You know, the bottom line is if you it's, it's one thing if you own Arby's, right? That's something that you're not in the store every day, you're not the proprietor, you're not the person mm. doing it, right? But if you own a small business, like I own the Valley Patriot, um, you know, this guy owns a cake shop, whatever, whatever your personal, you ought to be able to refuse anybody you want for whatever reason you want. Mm. Um, so you go, you go further than this California judge. I go judge. way further than this judge. Because this, this judge is saying if it's regularly sold to everybody, then he cannot not sell that to right. this couple. And that's good legal, yeah. that's good legal uh, uh, theory. Uh, mine is more moral. If I own a business and I sell cakes yeah. and I'm a Muslim, and a yeah. Jew comes in and says, I want to star a David on my cake. I should have the right to say, you know, that kind of offends us. We're Muslims. Right. There's a cake store down the street. It's owned by Harvey Weinstein or, sure. or Jimmy Juistein or whatever his name is. And I'm a Jew, so I can say that. Don't send me emails. <laughs> um, go, yeah. go, go get your cake from them. And you can get a cake from right. someone else. See, if we were in a society, no. if we were in a communist country where there was one but, cake shop, yes. I, I understand that. I hear you. But, but we, you don't know, have, we don't have one cake shop. You know why our society isn't the way that you want it now. It's because of racism. Right. And uh, what happened with uh, right. discrimination back in, back in the day. Right. I'm, I'm so tired mm. of our enemies in this country mm. using racism to destroy us from within. I'm really so tired of it. I'm so tired of people acting as though racism is the worst thing in the world. Think about this. You could... You, you have a guy that goes out and molests kids, rapes women, goes to jail. He gets the death penalty because he killed 15 people. And liberals will be out there holding signs saying, don't kill him. He had a bad childhood. But if you call a black guy the N-word, oh, that's, it. that's the yeah. end of you. Yeah. Even, if the, even if the killer molested black children, that's not as bad as calling someone the N-word. Everything is upside down in our society. Racism is not the worst thing in the world. There's other things that are far worse. Murder, rape, child molestation, um, uh, bankrupting someone, defrauding someone of their retirement savings. There's an awful lot worse than calling someone a name. And we have a whole society and a whole culture now where calling someone a name is far worse than anything else on the planet, and they obsess on it as if it's the most important Why thing in society. Why do you think that is? Well, because it's laziness and easy. That's reason. It's, that's it's, la reason. it's laziness right. and easy. I mean, they've been, they've been indoctrinated through our public schools and through our media. But more than that, you don't have to do anything, right? If yeah. someone murders someone, you've got to go out and actually do something to defend him. But if somebody just uses the N-word or calls somebody a racial name, uh, you, know, you can go on Facebook, be a social justice warrior. Right. It reminds me of the old saying, it's easy to love humanity, but it's those, it's those darn humans that Damn I can't stand. I hate people. Yeah. It's that neighbor I that I can't stand. I hate the general public. I can't <laughs> say that enough. But humanity I love, and I'm going to go out and with a sign and tell people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time that we're all supposed to be equal... We have all these ridiculous civil rights laws that have protected classes. How can you have a protected class if we're equal? 
Like, on the one hand, we're all equal, treat us all the same. On the other hand, we need domestic violence laws because women are, 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 wilting, are wilting flowers that need to be protected from evil, strong men. Well, wait a minute. We're either equal or not. No, I know. no the whole thinking is inconsistent. Yeah. There's no question about it. Because on the one hand, there's that huge denial that there's any differences between the sexes. On the other hand, they're saying that there is no differences. I, I mean, they're, they're trying to um, highlight, the differences. highlight the differences by protecting people. So it's... I wish we would have a rational society to, so that we could talk about these things rationally. America is schizophrenic. We have, we have all of these beliefs that we have that are in complete contradiction to all the other beliefs that we have. Yeah. And very seldom does anybody sit down. You know, I, I think this is the, the, the result of not having people, uh, families talk at the dinner table anymore. That's, that's huge. Because when I was growing yeah. up, we, we, Uncle Frankie would pull the shades down because yeah. we always used to have like really contentious, really contentious uh, arguments at the dinner table. No. And you? We, yeah. My family, well, let me tell you, my family was this show every day at the, at the dinner table. I, I'd um, have a headache. But I was usually on the losing end of most of those battles. Um, but we don't have that anymore where you can talk no. out your feelings about different political views, hear your parents, your cousins, your brothers and sisters, their political views, and respect that you have differences of opinion you know what, without you, thinking the other side, the other person is a bad person for disagreeing. You, you don't you. even have that in schools anymore. It's amazing how many kids that I get in, at college now have never had a discussion type of, of classroom mm -hmm. in their lives. Yeah. They just want to be told what to do, what to say, spit it back on a test, and then you're, 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 that's not learning. That's not learning. You have to, you have to talk it out. You've got to wrestle it out. You've got to then finally make it your own. Mm -hmm. It's not happening today. No. And we, we, we've got, it and goes back to the shooting thing. You know, I, we've, we've mocked the traditional family. We've mm -hmm. allowed people with political agendas to break down the family. Um, we've taught children that fathers are not important. And the result well, is, you know, look at, look, at, look at the fact that 50% of this country doesn't respect the, the, the freedoms that we have. I mean, they're yeah. left-wing fascists who want to take away free speech rights, free press rights. They shout down people who come to college campuses to talk about opinions they don't agree with. They call them fascists. They're basically the brown shirts and the little Eichmanns of today. It's called the, uh, the dictatorship of relativism. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Can yes. you write a column on that? I, could. I would. I would love that. Yeah. No, seriously, I would All love right. that. Um, because you're right. It is. It is. It is relativism, and it, it. I think a lot of it comes from. Look at what we have in our political culture now. Someone comes out and says, "Hillary, we have a video of Hillary Clinton shooting five people at a McDonald's," and some liberal Democrat who loves Hillary Clinton will go, "Yeah, but George Bush did that." Or someone else did that. Right. Well, how come you're picking on her when someone else robbed a bank? As if, if we can just say that everyone's bad, that other people did bad things, it's okay that my guy did bad things, and we have completely made relevant excuses for bad behavior. Yeah, you're justifying bad behavior with other bad behavior. Yeah, and I'm always like, well, wait a minute. Barack Obama came in, and for the first four years, every time he did something that was against what he campaigned on, his answer was, Bush did it. Bush well, did it. Uh, how, can you, how come you're a Republican and you're coming after me when Bush did it? Well, guess what? You campaigned not to be Bush. You campaigned saying you didn't, you didn't agree with anything Bush said. So we're attacking you because you campaigned saying that's not me, and then you did it. That's why. It's, it's all undergirded by selfishness. 
and selfishness creates a society of radical individuals, which we, we have turned into today, which, and when you have a society of radical individuals, you don't have what Dan Quayle used to call family values because everything is simply individual values. Look at how Dan Quayle was eviscerated by the news media back in the 80s and, and 90s. And usually individual values simply mean my desires, right. my selfishness. Right. Well, I, I have a right I, to it. If I want to believe, if I tomorrow want to put on a dress and I want yeah. everyone to call me Shirley, yeah. Everyone's supposed to play along. Surely you don't mean that. Yes, stop calling me Shirley. Right. Airplane, right? <laughs> so, but, but think about, think about you have people out there who are men who are pretending to be women, and it's somehow a hate crime if we don't pretend with them. Like, we're supposed to go along with the game, right? <laughs> so you got this guy, who, what's yes. it, Bruce Jenner, yes. decided he wanted to be a trans testicle. What do they call him? What's the word? Transgender. Transgender. Sorry, yeah. I watched too much Andrew Dice Clay. Um, he decided he was going to be a transgender. So he didn't have his penis removed. He's still a man, right? But he dresses in women's clothing. Uh, See, he had, I, I would say that he, even if he did have it removed, he's still a man. I, because, I, I would agree with you. every single cell in his body is, male, is a male cell, right. and male chromosomes. Brain chemistry is different for men and women. But at least if he had his, if he had his penis taken off because he wanted to be a woman... I would almost be okay with calling him whatever, you know, Nancy, whatever his name is, the, his, his uh, yeah. female name, whatever it is, right? I, w- I would almost be okay with, well, look, the guy made the commitment, right? I mean, if you're doing that, uh, if, you're, if you're getting rid of your penis, that's a pretty big commitment to I, what I, you want to believe. You look, know what? I, if you want me to call you Nancy, I'll I, call you I Nancy. Have, I have more commitment to the truth than somebody to, uh, 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 I'm just saying, off their genitals. I'm just saying, I'm not uh, buying uh, that you're a woman, but I'm willing to play along. If you're, if you're willing yeah. to make that kind of commitment, fine. Then, then you're willing to play the game with them. But short of that, don't put on a dress and tell me I have to call you a female name. And that if I don't, it's somehow hate. Because it's not hate. It's truth. Bruce Jenner is Bruce Jenner is Bruce Jenner no matter how many flipping panties he wears or bras he wears or, or, or skirts he wears. Well, the thing Sorry. is, truth gets in the way of selfishness. Right. So we have a crisis of truth today, as you know. I have a question for you. Somebody asked me yeah. the other day not to digress. What makes something a sin? I went, oh, this, this is a great question for yeah. Paul, right? So the answer that I came up with, and I hope you're proud of me, but I, yeah. want, you, I want you to give your answer. The answer that I came up with was if, if what you're doing is selfish and, and you're doing it at someone else's expense, that's what makes it a sin. Yeah, that's, now, that's the crux of it. Is it? Yeah, pretty I much. I did a good job. Yeah. Paul was a little more, <laughs> uh, little more technical. Um, you have to have um, grave matter, um, intense, uh, excuse, uh, grave matter. You need to have, um, um, you have to have knowledge that it's wrong and you have to freely consent to do it. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the object of the, of the choice is, is wrong or selfish. You get that down. The person needs to know that it's selfish at the time and they need to freely consent. Then you're guilty of what religious people would call sin. Right. Yeah. All right. You have anything else on this topic? I got one more, and then I think we're going to bounce. Unless you have something else. You got something quick? Uh, a few things, but they're not quick. Okay. So what do you want to say? I, I, I saw that you have Me Too on your list. I have Me Too on my list. Oh, really? So next week, we'll spend some time, with, All right, we'll spend yeah. some time on that. I got one more thing, and then we can bounce. So I got word, and Rich, tell me how wrong I am about this, because I only read half of it. Um, we got word yesterday that the Attorney General of Massachusetts, Maura Healey, whom I campaigned for and voted for, I'm probably not doing that again. Um, if you go to the, the Attorney General's website in Massachusetts to fill out a public records request, um, 
it's no longer available for you. The Attorney General of Massachusetts is no longer accepting public records requests. Now, what makes this outrageous is that it's the Attorney General whose job it is to enforce public records violations. And so when you're the Attorney General, the top law enforcement officer for the state, and your job is to prosecute people who violate the public records law of Massachusetts, of which, by the way, I wrote, so that's why I'm taking it mm. personal. Um, and then you yourself refuse to turn over public records. Mm. I think we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. What was there a reason? There was no reason given. Oh. So we put in a call to the AG's office this morning. We're waiting on a call back, but I had to be here for the show. Uh, I'm hoping next week we'll have a much better story on this. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe they're having computer problems. But uh, the few people that we had do a little bit of research this morning, uh, the information that we have, at least as of today, is it's not a mistake that it was purposely taken down and that they're not going to allow the public mm -hmm. to file public records requests online anymore. So if you want to do a public records request to the Attorney General's office in Massachusetts, you are going to have to either send her an email or write a letter, print it out, and send it snail mail to her. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that if Maura Healy doesn't want you to have the documents you're asking for, you're not going to get them. And unfortunately, the person you have to complain to when you don't get public records is Maura Healy. So you can't complain to her that she's not giving you the documents. I think we found a flaw in the system. So I'm having a summit with uh, my state rep friends, Lenny Mira, Diane DiZoglio, Linda Campbell, and my favorite senator, Katie Ives. And we're going to look and see what we can't do this legislative session to, to close that loophole. There needs to be oversight of the attorney general's office. And I don't know if we give it to the inspector general. I don't know if we give it to the legislature. I'm open to ideas if anybody has any. But when you're the top law enforcement officer and you're in charge of prosecuting people for a crime that you yourself are committing, that's a big problem. It's not, a, it's not even a little problem. That's huge. That's a huge problem to have in a state that's supposed to be left-wing, liberal, progressive, yep. and in favor of free speech and everyone being friggin' equal. What about the governor? Does he know anything about it? Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to be seeing Charlie in the next couple of days, and you can bet I'm going to be talking about it. We're still trying to get mm -hmm. him to the bash. Every year he says he's going to come back. Uh, Charlie Baker was at our first annual bash uh, 2008, I know, 2000, yeah, 2011 maybe, um, and he hasn't been back yet. So he's he's running for re-election this year. We're hoping we can get him. Wait a minute, which which bash is this coming up? This is going to be the, the 12th, 14th, 14th anniversary bash. Okay, so 14 years before this, 2003. No, our first, well, we didn't 2004. have 2004. No, we had our first. We didn't have our first bash until the 11th and uh, to the. Uh, it was 2011, so it was the eighth anniversary. Okay, that's a little different than 14th, but okay. Well, no, no, it's uh, the Valley Patriots' 14th anniversary. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, you, no, I was, have, I was asking about the bash. Right. How many bashes? The ba we have we started the first one was 2011. Okay. So, so we've this will be our seventh bash. No, actually, uh, it, it's 2018 now, so right. it would be our seventh seventh bash. Right. Thanks for playing along. Yeah. Actually, actually, it might be your The least important part of what I said is what we spent if, the most important. If, if, if <laughs> Paul is back to rare form. We're if back you actually CAP. did it at, at 2011, it would be your eighth. 11, 12, eighth. 13, 14, We did. I, we, 2011 was our first one. We had Eric Walker was okay. our DJ. Hopefully, we'll have him back. Eighth bash coming up. Uh, we have the bash coming. We hope Charlie Baker will come. I want to thank Kelly Furniture in Lawrence. They donated a $300 power recliner for our, uh, our uh, raffle for the Valley Patriot wow. Bash. The Valley Patriot Bash is March 23rd. 
at the Firefighters Relief Inn in Lawrence, Massachusetts. We have famous weatherman Al Caprillion. We've got uh, Essex County Sheriff Kevin Carpenter is going to give out an award. We have Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera. We've got the police chiefs of seven communities coming. We have the Mass State Police sending a contingency. The Lawrence firefighters are coming. We've got Diana DiZoglio is going to sing. We've got comedian Johnny Joyce. It's going to be a great night, and we give the money to Veterans Northeast Outreach, to the Psychological Center for their Daybreak Homeless Shelter. Um, the, so we're going to give some money this year to uh, South Lawrence East Little League. Don't tell Brian Thomas. I know he doesn't watch the show anyway. Is Diana going to sing Happy again? Uh, we don't want her to sing Happy again. We're no. kind of tired of the no. Happy song. We're going to get her to sing All something right. else. All right. But it's a great time. Please come. We appreciate it. We're looking for raffle items for our raffle. We're looking for sponsors. Um, we give away scholarships to kids from Lawrence High School, the Vogue, Methuen High, North Andover High. Uh, so anything that you give to us will help the kids in Lawrence. We appreciate that. Uh, anything else, Paul, before we bounce out? Absolutely nothing. Have a great week. All right. Uh, we will see you next Tuesday, and we're going to start bringing in clips of previous bashes so that we can promote the bash for the next four weeks. Do you mean next Thursday? What did I say? Tuesday. Yeah, I did that last week, too, yeah. and didn't correct myself and confuse no, a lot of people. We're not going to be here Tuesday. I have ADD. I'm sorry. Thursday at 2 here on Paying Attention. Catch us on iHeartRadio. You can download the audio on iTunes. Uh, and what was the other one? Bean Pot? What was it called? Podbean. 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 All right. Thank you, Paul Morano. Thank you, uh, Rich Russell, our, our uh, fine, fine uh, photographer, Mr. Jonathan, the voice of God, and Sean the Barista. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.